0: You're listening to a Countout Podcast. You're listening to a Countout Podcast. me ask you something who oh please do has glorious hair an amazing figure and should be the fucking AEW champion right now because it's my girlfriend and robbed robbed is what i say (laughs) why can't we have nice things that's what i want to know
1: oh just imagine how many great Title defenses they would set up this year in the G one if Hiroshi Tanahashi was the AEW interim just champion
0: defending it all the way through the G one like a fucking boss it would have been sick I was like it it's the fucking interim championship who cares just do something cool put it on fucking Tanahashi you've got fifty titles on TV you'll be okay for a few weeks <laughs> and then and then you can fucking, you've got Miro just got that new oh no it wasn't even Miro that no, spoilers anybody that hasn't watched AEW. But yeah, Park, you know, he's been wanting to win a title since the company started. Like, you know, showcase that a little bit. Just have like, oh my God, the ace of New Japan walked into this company and took the interim title. And then when CM Punk comes back, it's like, the only reason you got it is because I was fucking injured, man, and now it's you and me. But instead, now there's no value really even in Punk versus Tanahashi because it's like, well, Tanahashi's already lost, so what's it even matter?
1: See, I, I I think what we need to do is tell everyone that we're lucky. We're very lucky because we missed a week of recording. We didn't put out those bullshit takes of how Forbidden Doors build was garbage and the show wasn't what we wanted. We we got to avoid all of that. <laughs> we ice definitely cold didn't nonsense. even feel
0: that for one second. And why no, would we? Because not at all. you know we were looking at the big picture. So yeah. Yes. It's that's that. what we
1: do here on Okada Shorts, and that's what we actually should do first is introduce ourselves. What's up? I'm Curtis Spears, your good friend Curtis Spears. That over there, that's your bad friend Rafe Houston. But it... And together we are the International Wrestling Grand Prix, the Kings of Pod style. Welcome to Okada Shorts, everybody. We uh we're members of the Count Out Podcast Network talk about new Japan Pro Wrestling. And uh today we're gonna be talking about a little bit about AEW wrestling as well. So I guess it's uh going to be hard to avoid that i I gotta say i don't know much about aew wrestling i only watch like one dynamite every like four months so uh it's going to be a little bit of a thing i'm going to talk about stuff i don't know but this is a this is a podcast and i'm a cishet white male so that's how it rolls
0: uh (laughs) (laughs) i'm just going to give my opinion on it and you can fucking like it and uh i i do watch aew like somewhat religiously i actually got married before the first double or nothing and then went to that show, so that was essentially part of my wedding. So I do know stuff about it, uh, and whether my opinion is right or wrong, I don't really fucking care either. So we're just gonna like because talk you have
1: about a microphone, it. and we're gonna listen to every word you have to say.
0: <laughs> exactly. And if you don't like it, turn it off because this is free, and I don't care. Um, yeah, yeah we're gonna it. talk about it, but we also, like you said, we we missed uh, we had to miss some time there uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, and we didn't even get a chance to talk about Dominion, talk about those couple of big Road 2 shows. So I think we rewind and go back to where we would have been a fortnight ago, which was just after Dominion. We had done a Best of the Super Juniors wrap-up. We were pumped mm-hmm. with how the tournament played out. And then Dominion was an absolutely great show with a huge ending, man. How were you feeling about everything as it all um, came out in the wash? Are we,
1: are we going to say Dominion was a great show? we've been talking a lot recently about how time, New Japan's had banger after banger after banger mega mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. And the the thing about it is, like, I don't know if Dominion really played into that. It had a great ending. I know. mean, I, but I really let's... enjoyed it.
0: I felt like it was here for a good time, here for, a, like, not for a long time. And, and mm-hmm. had, like, a, a huge ending, which is sort of what I wanted. We'd been watching, like, a lot of New Japan. You know, they'd just run a huge tournament that ran for ages. It's a real big commitment from the fans to watch, you know, multiple things a week and keep on top of like that huge tournament. Then if you go into like a giant show that runs for ages where everybody's over their welcome and things like that, like event fatigue becomes really real. Like AW's previous um was Double or Nothing their last pay-per-view before Door? You won't know. It doesn't really matter. Whatever their one was, it went for fucking six hours or something. You know what I mean? It went so long. And I was like, I am so exhausted. So I can only imagine watching all that Best of the Super Juniors content, content and it was like, you know, a lot of good stuff, but it is a lot to ask of your fan base. Then if you turn around and have like this big, long, epic show, I think it just feels exhausting. And so I kind of like Dominion because it was was to the point. I don't
1: get that. I don't get that, man. Like everyone's like, "Oh, these these 4 or 5 hour wrestling shows. Oh, that's a lot." Like motherfucker, I go to work 10 hours a day, you know, plus plus an hour and a half commute. Like I can handle 5 hours actually watching I wrestling.
0: I can't. No? I mean I, I mean I can, but it's like the big ones I want to really enjoy, and it, like if you want to be on top of stuff and things like that, you kind of want to watch it when it's happened. Uh, in Australia, especially like American pay-per-views, we can't watch live. So then it's like mm. social media blackout until the end of the day. Then maybe a couple of friends come over or we're going to watch it. You don't actually hit play on the thing until 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. And then it runs for like four, five hours. And I'm into like 1 a.m. before I'm getting to sleep and then getting up at 5 a.m. and stuff, it like wears me down. But that's more like to do with my lifestyle, I think. And also, I consume a vast quantity of wrestling. So I think my, I guess my fatigue is like kind of redlining a little bit. But I'm a wrestling fucking podcaster, like (laughs) who covers various sort of things and stuff. So I really appreciate, I know, I feel like it's on, I don't know, it's on the wrestling to make me, want to enjoy it and if i watch something and it feels like it's taking a a really long time then i'm not about it but then sometimes shows don't feel like that even when it was a bit like how long did dominion run for it was still like three hours or something right it
1: was it was definitely an over three hour show i I don't know exactly how long it ran but it, it, it it was over three hours i'm just saying there was a ton of filler yeah, but I, but I felt like none film.
0: of they kind of gave everybody a spot on the show. But I felt like nobody really overstayed their welcome. Maybe that's what I was feeling a bit more grateful for because during the pandemic era, there were matches overstaying their welcome regularly.
1: Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, that's like, for sure. I don't I think, need when, when twenty
0: these... minutes to thirty minutes of Luke Gallows and Yano. You know what I'm saying? And I love both dudes, but like keep it at eight minutes is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was that's true. Yeah, during the pandemic. Oof, oof! It was bad. It, you know, five match cards to a to a quarter full Kirk and Hall, and you know, every match was going twenty five minutes. It was just that was a slog. That was a big slog. But this one, let's go over the card. Let's, let's look at this card. For, remind uh, me. See,
0: see, I'm saying all this like glass half full, looking backwards through time. You might run down this card, and I was like, "Oh, that was fucking bad." But in my mind, maybe, maybe I'm all. Rose-colored glasses because of like the main event and the promos and stuff that came after. Maybe I'm like you know glossing over the rest of the show, but I I remember having a really fun time and I remember messaging you by by like, going, "This is moving nicely. Like I'm liking the pace of the show."
1: Oh, definitely. the The matches they weren't they weren't amazing, but they did not outstay their welcome. Yeah, that's the truth. That's what I want that's from like my the very wrestling. first match. That's right.
0: <laughs> Average and not overstaying their welcome. <laughs>
1: Speaking of average and not overstaying their welcome, (laughs) Master Wado, uh, to to Deguchi and Tenzon get beaten in 10 minutes and 31 seconds by the United Empire, Hanare, Francesco Akira, and TJP.
0: Uh, I missed that, remember? Because you were like, are you watching Dominion? I was like, didn't even know it had started. So I didn't actually see that match, so that helped.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that one was only 10 minutes and 31 seconds. Then we had um, LIJ, uh, Hiromu, Naito, and Bushi. Naito on the second match of a Dominion card. Weird. Uh, versus Bone Soldier Ishimori, Ace Austin, and El Phantasmo. El Phantasmo beats Bushi in eight minutes and four seconds with the CR2. Did you watch that one?
0: Also missed that one. So so Gosh. here we go. The, the show's already feeling way shorter when you haven't watched those two <laughs> matches yet. So those yeah, rose-colored glasses are really fucking up right now. So, yeah, okay.
1: Oh, I know where you had to come in for. What'd I come in for? Four minutes and five seconds, Toriano defeats Doc Gallows.
0: That was what not, I came in for, and I was fucking pumped.
1: <laughs> that was not a King of Pro Wrestling match or anything. I just, I remember that being added to the to the event and going, oh, I guess, you know, as long as I keep it under five minutes, this King of Pro Wrestling stuff. And then I went, wait, Shingo is the King of Pro Wrestling guy now.
0: What, why is this even Oof. here? <laughs>
1: oof, why is this here? Yeah. But, you know, hey, good for good for Doc. He got a paycheck on, on Dominion.
0: Good yeah. for him, I guess. I think Doc Gallows is a really entertaining man. I don't necessarily need to see him, like, wrestle heaps, but I definitely enjoy that he exists in wrestling. And I've said to you before, no. I like him as a hater. I like him in the ring, and I like him being around, and I like him, like, in promo segments and things like that. I just don't necessarily need to see him in a singles, you know,
1: Epic. That mm-hmm. uh, no, was definitely not epic at four minutes and five seconds. <laughs> no, so. no. I, they should have. They should have had Doc Gallows come out a hundred percent. Sex Ferguson and uh, yes. and and go at yes. Toriano. That would have been. That would have been money. Why he just? I'd have paid I mean, my hard earned shekels for that. Why he
0: just isn't Sex Ferguson full time is hundred percent boggling to me because that's the best thing that's ever happened.
1: A hundred percent, absolutely. Next up, sixty minutes limit never open weight six man tag team championships only actually goes 9 minutes and 26 seconds show uh evil and yujiro takahashi defeat kanemaru zach zack saber junior and el desperado i it was their fourth defense of these six man uh open weight belts and they defeat you've got one of the aces of the junior it. division el desperado mm-hmm. zack saber junior who should have tied every last one of those nerds into into bows yeah and uncle nobu who can do the house of torture stick better than house of torture yeah. how did this how how did that
0: end up that way loaded boat Fantasmo wasn't using it anymore shows started using it they weren't ready for it
1: i do Ooh. love that they're like oh no he put something in his knee pad or yeah, no, yeah. His knee pad, whatever shrimp pad.
0: yeah yeah <laughs> oh
1: that was great it's, yeah, it's shows... fine
0: you know what like house of torture and never works well you know what I mean? Just keep them over there, like, doing their own thing, and you get, like, a fun, cheaty six-man. It's fine. It's fine. It's a good time.
1: Uh, Next up, Great O'Connor and Jeff Cobb defeat Chase Owen and Bad Luck Valet. Um, Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens didn't even get one successful defense, a V-Zero title reign for their tag team title run. Uh, like, as much as I'm not a fan of Chase Owens, uh, I do love Bad Luck Fale. And I okay. do want to see Bad Luck Filet have have a belt. If they were going to take it off of Ocon and and Cobb, you know they could have. The least they could have done is let them do something with it. But it seems like they they gave the belt to them just to take it off of them for one show, just to put it back onto them, just to take it off of them for one <laughs> after was, one show. It was
0: literally just for the photo op at the end of the previous like pay per view, you know, Bullet Clubs. Yeah anniversary, standing tour, everybody's got belts. It was literally for that.
1: Yeah, it's... So, at this point, O'Conn and Cobb are two-time IWGP heavyweight champions, uh, heavyweight tag team champions, and they've lost it two times, and they've never been pinned for it.
0: Yeah. It's, uh... At least they're they're being protected.
1: <laughs> they are being protected. They are being protected. Yeah. But... When I I hate, I mean I'm skipping ahead to Forbidden Door, but I usually hate triple threat matches. You know, for that reason, it's like you can see, like, oh, one of these guys is taking the pin, so that neither of the big guys has to uh, has to take the fall. So that's 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 a whole thing. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I thought this was really fun. Uh, filet did uh, filet. He's not a, he's not a fish sandwich. Filet. Uh, he's he is. So much fun to watch. It was really fun to watch Jeff Cobb and Foley have have these like big boy battles together. So that that was a good time. I really liked yep. that that match.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I I enjoyed the combination of the match. Again, it was just like there for a good time, not for a long time. Uh, when yep. when they were booked to immediately face like the United Empire again straight away. And it was like leading towards forbidden door and stuff. Like it was obvious what was going to happen. You know, it was, it was literally just, just, you know, it was what it was, but Hey, it's a, it's another like stripe on the shoulder of the bullet club guys. And and it's fine.
1: Yeah. I, I do like having Fale like with a belt. He's, he's such a general like (laughs) general. Uh, He's such a leader for, for new Japan. It's nice to see him, um, you know, get these rewards, like his, uh, his run with the IC belt is now his run uh, with his friend Chase uh, for the tag team titles. That was um, that that was it was a a short reign, but it was meaningful to me as a fan of Bad Luck Fale.
0: Exactly, and you know he yeah, it's like you say he does like a lot for New Japan, especially over here like in Australia uh, and in New Zealand. So you know he deserves a, a pat on the back occasionally. I think
1: definitely, definitely. And next up, 60-minute time limit, AEW Interim Championship Elimination Match. <laughs> this was kind of slapped together, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, it sure was. Hiroki Godo gets defeated by Hiroshi Tanahashi in 12 minutes and 40 seconds with the high fly flow. Tanahashi moves on to face John Moxley at the Forbidden Door. So, we originally had Hiroshi Tanahashi versus CM Punk. CM Punk gets some sort of... Foot injury, I guess, yeah. and now they're going. Oh well, now he has to face someone else before he can come and fight for the uh, for the AEW title. I was like, yeah, but why?
0: Yeah, it made no <laughs> sense. I was like, sorry, what? Like, and I, they I'm did- not
1: upset about getting a, a Goto <laughs> versus Tanahashi match. It was a good match. They always have fun, but it there was no reason for it. We could have just had Tanahashi show up at Forbidden Door.
0: It was, yeah, it was a a weird choice, but, you know, sometimes in wrestling, you just need a reason to do you know? Yeah. (laughs) It's like, we're just going to do the thing, and that's it. But, yeah, it didn't feel like... And also, that's the thing, right? It's one thing to go, okay, now you need to have a qualifier, but it's like, why would it even be Goto? Because Goto hadn't been doing anything either. It's not like him and Tanahashi are neck and neck in New Japan, you know? (laughs) It's
1: just... So the... It's disgusting. I yeah, thought it was a good match, I
0: though. I really, I really enjoyed it. It's it nice to great see match. Goto pop and off occasionally.
1: Let's talk, I mean, we talked about the missed opportunity with Tanahashi being the AEW interim heavyweight champion. How about the uh, missed opportunity of Hiroki Goto?
0: Yeah. I mean, the internet was Being... up in arms about that. That was literally never going to happen. But, uh, <laughs> but imagine that timeline where he upsets Tanahashi and then goes on to beat John Moxley and become the AEW oh, champion.
1: so so on the or other side, on the AEW it? side, they had a they had a battle royal to see who would face John Moxley, or and I think they? it was it was won by Kyle O'Reilly.
0: Oh yeah, it was Kylo Riley. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And that was uh, that Reilly was actually a really Jim good. Moxley. That was a really good match. But again, yeah, sounds, I didn't get it like because like Kylo Riley's like in a tag team and stuff. I was like, yeah. it's a weird choices. Like nobody's really putting much respect on this belt. You know what I mean?
1: No, what we should have had is we we should be living in the best timeline where we get like Hiroki Godo versus Luchasaurus to end the night at <laughs> Forbidden Door. Oh. That would be six stars, seven stars, throw them all. End
0: of the world. <laughs> nah. That flap of the Hiroki butterfly versus
1: us all. Dustin Rhodes for the AEW interim title.
0: Chupacabra Cobra Battle Royal. I uh I would <laughs> He's
1: seen Chupacabras. Yeah, he's, he's seen them. He talks about God them all it. the time.
0: Somebody was like, Could you stop uh, tweeting about Chupac- chupacabras? And he was like, No, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I so mean, awesome. I seen
1: the, I seen the picture. I seen the picture that he tweeted out yeah. and you know, I, I can tell you, I know what that is. It yeah. wasn't a chupacabra. Huh? You can't fool me. That's a dog soldier. I have seen that. movie.
0: <laughs> ah, there you go. That's awesome. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen Dustin Rhodes in real life? He is a very tall man.
1: Oh, he's like six, five, isn't he? Yeah.
0: Like he, he was huge. like, we were lining up at something like uh Starcast or whatever in Vegas. And uh, it's a very tall man behind us trying to get past. And we're like, okay, he's up buddy. Let's move around. And- get you through here. Turn around and it was a very tall Dustin Rhodes and I was like way bigger than I thought he'd be.
1: <laughs> oh, they call him the natural.
0: Oh. Naturally was, tall.
1: Naturally very, very tall man. Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh and naturally bad
1: I, at moving forward in lines, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: yeah, unfortunately. It was pretty packed though. It's not like he was being a dick. He was just trying to get past. Uh and you gotta I'm have like, that like there Rollins is nowhere to go. Male, What's you, that? you gotta
1: have that Henry Rollins alpha male like energy to like get through the 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 crowds. Or be like be crafty, 100 like, 100 like my Everybody wife. Should be more I like let her lead the way.
0: Ones. I just like hold her hand and let her drag me through because she's real good at it. Uh,
1: she's got the alpha male energy. Yeah, she's
0: way more alpha than. Um, what That's is awesome. the next match? This is <laughs> this is out of control.
1: <laughs> are we not going to have the Hiroki Godo cast?
0: No, we're not going to okay. have the Hiroki Godo cast. Uh, he didn't. Godo's... This is how little Godo gave a fuck. He didn't even get new gear for it. You know what I mean? He just still wore the same blue gear. Like I remember when he changed over from red to blue, and we were like, "Oh, look at the fabric on that blue gear." Godo's here to fucking play. That was like three years ago, and he's still wearing the same shit. Like, and this is like potentially to be the number one contender for the AEW title, like one of the biggest promotions in America, and he just wore the same shit he's always worn. Like he he didn't (laughs) give a fuck. And if Godo, Godo training
1: don't... under a waterfall yeah. to face fucking nah. to to face Wardlow, nah,
0: he hasn't been <laughs> under a waterfall in fucking years, like, and that's his problem.
1: The G in Forbidden Door stands
0: for Godo, bro.
1: <laughs> forbidden door, oh. yeah. Don't. Oh my gosh. Uh, so the next match, speaking of nonsense, was <laughs> taichi and Shingo Takagi. Ten minutes, and it was a how did they put this? Cumulative,
0: yeah, cumulative 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 score or match. count match exactly it was fun yeah
1: 10 minutes exactly shingo beats tai Chi, 11 uh seconds of pinfall to his 10 um these matches how do they put these together it always kind of confuses me. i don't
0: know the timing's how... really clever but
1: yeah it's always really impressive um you know they're saying like okay i'm gonna hit hit you for with this move that's gonna put you down for four seconds uh, then we'll faff about for another thirty seconds. Then uh, you hit me with that. That's good for two seconds, and it's. Whew, that's a that's a, a a new level of politicking.
0: I, I guess I guess they're just like calling it on the fly, right? Like I don't know, but
1: uh, no 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 no. There's they can't possibly be calling that on the fly. Just on the fly, like <laughs> tai chi, tai chi, you know. He's down by three seconds with, like, six seconds left in the match, and he's, you know, get, got you down for one. Then he rolls you up for two, but time expires. Ah, they, they can't call that on the fly, dude. Like, that had to be. Yeah. No, wait. We're kayfabe. We're kayfabe. Um, oh. uh, obviously, uh, tai Chi just didn't have what it took to get I, four seconds of pinning.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it, either way, the timing's really impressive. I feel like the referee must have to be, like, very heavily involved.
1: Oh, I'm sure of like, it. That's definitely something where the the has got to be on the ball.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like doing those counts, and really, he would almost be in charge in a sense. Like they're just like, we're gonna go, and you just distribute the counts as you see fit. <laughs> kind of thing. Like
1: yeah, like I I hadn't even really thought about how how much the referee was important to these matches. Like the the referee usually, you know, you want to see him stick in the in the background. Uh, of the match and kind of just add to that, but man, he's got to be on the fucking money, eh? Yeah,
0: it's a crazy, demanding stipulation to do.
1: Yeah, it really is. I, I would yeah, like, I would like them to to go ahead and start doing something different. Uh, so we've had two, we've had two, you know, cumulative matches. What was it? First one to thirty. Yeah, was the first one. Kind and this of one all was... of
0: their little rivalry here is about cumulative. Really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I think
1: this this Iron Man stipulation, you know, ten minute Iron Man match was pretty cool. But let's let's go ahead and do something else. Yeah, now.
0: let's get to the island. Get to oh, let's gun right. Yeah, yeah. Hm? Let's do it. Yeah, let's fine. do
1: it. Tai Chi like the 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 bad guy from Enter the Dragon. Yeah, you know he's got a room full of mirrors and stuff. Yeah, and... that's
0: it. That's what, that's why he oh, should he's have got... been the champion. Do you think oh, they're so going cool. to? Turn it into a belt, or do you think Shingo's going to have, have to like carry around this shitty statue? Because he's been literally showing disdain for it whenever he has it around.
1: I'm going to tell you what I she, Shingo didn't even come out with it at Forbidden Door. Like they were like, "Oh, he's the interim King of Pro Wrestling Champion." Blah blah blah. He didn't even have it with him. No, why would Forbidden Door? That's
0: going to take up precious luggage space.
1: I yeah, I I would. Go back and tell Bushy Road that it was lost. I'm like, oh, they—they they must have thrown my fucking trophy, they must in have the thrown thing, my yeah. fucking bags out over the Pacific Ocean somewhere. I'm sorry, the trophies at the bottom of the ocean. They're You're like, that's okay, we've got better. more.
0: And they just open a cupboard door backstage and just like just roll out like, <laughs> <laughs> hundreds of. We them. had
1: seventy of them
0: made. <laughs> <laughs> They were going to be for the staff yeah. Christmas party like a, you know, most valuable team member and stuff like that. But then it became the KOPW thing and we're just going to use them forever.
1: Oh, God. And you just see Shingo's heart just drops <laughs> and he's like, God yeah. damn it. He, like, calls an I audible in the lose. ring and
0: loses it on
1: purpose. Like, <laughs> I don't want to lose, but I don't want to carry this piece of shit. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna uh, So it. the next match was a 60-minute time limit never open weight championship match. Tama Tonga loses in his first defense against yeah. the machine gun Carl Anderson in 16, 16 minutes and 27 seconds with the gun stun, This one was really good, really fun match.
0: Break, break this down um, a little bit for me because I'm not going to lie, I did need to go to McDonald's in the middle of this match to ensure that I had some food in my stomach before the main event, and so Tama had to pay the price. And I was going to go back and watch it, but I have not. Um, because
1: you... You chose specifically not to ignore the KOPW
0: match. It was too late. Like, it was, we were kind of already watching that and stuff. And then the hunger became very real. And Amy was like, I need nuggets. And I was like, me too.
1: (laughs) filet of fish sandwich or the never open weight belt match. Mm, I guess I know where your heart lies. That's, I understand.
0: I did not get a filet of fish Um, but uh, that is a delicious sandwich. I think I went crazy and got like a double quarter pounder, like large meal, and we shared like twenty nuggets or something stupid. It was ridiculous.
1: Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so the match was basically built around like Carl Car- Anderson and his how he passed down the gun stun to yes. Tomatonga, and it was it was really like a I've shown you everything you know, but I didn't show you everything I know yeah, match okay. like the the the. Closing stretch was really just like reversing gun stun after reversing gun stun after reversing gun stun, but Anderson can go when he wants to, and babyface Tonga is a lot of fun to watch. So I I I would have loved to have seen uh, uh Tama win and carry the the never open way belt into the G one. Um, unfortunately, that did not happen. We get Carl Anderson, who is not even in the G one. As the never open weight champion. Kind of I I look at you quizzically. Um any thoughts on that? Hmm.
0: It was a choice, but I don't think it's super necessary for like the never champion to be in it. Like, who cares? And I guess it it definitely isn't over between those two. You know what I mean? It's almost like the first chapter of the story. And you can understand why they went that way, because Carla's returning to New Japan. He's got, like, a, you know, a solid rep from his time before, you know, former G1 finalist, all these things. So they need to bring him in with some heat, right? And what bigger heat than, like, you know, newly minted babyface champion just kind of goes down immediately? And it doesn't hurt Tama. It, like, if anything, he'd only just been elevated, and it just kind of continues his ascension sort of through the ranks. And, unfortunately, he had to go down to his teacher but then eventually he'll overcome his teacher and yeah it's it's just the story you know yeah i think
1: when you say it's not really important for the never open weight champion to be in the G1 like i'm going to hit you back with this it's supposed to be the best singles wrestlers that new japan has to offer and it's a single title So, I mean, it should be. Then again, they probably want someone to represent New Japan on American TV while they're in the middle of the G1 and having their never-open weight The never Never
0: title has been in America quite a bit. You know, Jay's held it there, Ishii's had it there, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And, yeah, I was was really surprised that um, Carl wasn't in G1. But I guess that kind of gives you the sort of thing. It's like the G1 was already announced. It's sort of... You know, a given that these champions will be in there, but then somebody that wasn't available to be in the G one or wasn't really with the company when all the selections were done, supposedly or whatever, can then still come in and win it, and it just you know keeps you on your toes a little bit. Because I I personally felt like going into it, I was like, well, Tom is in the G one. He was announced like second or whatever after Okada. He's the never open weight champion. He will just still hold it. And then when Carl wins, you're like a little bit more surprised because you're like, oh, okay, they they swerved us.
1: It was definitely a surprise. It was definitely, yeah, once they announced that Anderson was not in the G1, I was like, oh, man, no problem then. Exactly. Uh, so the next match was for the vacant IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match, Sonata versus Will Ospreay for the cursed big red, big red belt. Um, Sonata loses 12 minutes and 48 seconds via stormbreaker will osprey is your new united states heavyweight champion no belt, <laughs> the, no belt. the belt did Missed not get received it. yeah uh, I, I they're going back to doing the you're not the real champion i'm the real champion i was never beaten thing that they were just doing with will and his uh world heavyweight belt
0: yeah
1: Oof. um why are they doing that again
0: i don't know Tell tell me about this match real quick because now I'm now I'm realizing why Dominion felt so fast to me. It's because I missed the <laughs> first two matches and then I went and got food at like halfway through the open weight match and also missed this match. I just saw like the very end of it and then then it was just the title. So for me, it was like a couple of fun matches and then Jay shit. So yeah, it felt quite a bit faster. Than
1: this. Yeah, it's the, 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 and when I you, had when nuggets. you do it abridged like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. This abridged uh, version so, was really the way to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so I, I heard you know, it get, was a you good get match. A though, the great
1: right? tags at the beginning, and then and then the, all the cream at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah so exactly. Like I heard this was a good match. I honestly meant to. You obviously know why I am not up to date on this stuff, but like um, I I had intended to to go back uh, and check this one out because I I heard it was actually a really good match and Sonata was showing what we were starting to like in him before he got injured. Yeah, I
1: think he was he was coming back and he was coming back from injury, like we said. He's he had a, a, a broken face. Uh his his beautiful face was scarred.
0: Is it how's broken. it looking? Is it looking beautiful? No, he's fine.
1: Oh. Yeah. He's a gorgeous man. Uh but yeah, he comes comes back and he's showing that fire, you know, Will Ospreay, you you broke my everything and I'm gonna, you oh, know, take goodness. it to you. And he just could not get over the hump. I th- this must have been the match that they were going to have originally, after the uh, after the New Japan Cup, and they're just kind of picking up the booking where it was left off, yeah, okay. I guess. Uh, plus, when you have Will Ospreay on AEW television quite often, it's good to have, you know, have a champion on TV, yeah. especially with someone the with with the acumen and the flair of a Will Ospreay. Um, you,
0: would, you wouldn't you would have been watching, like, the Dynamites leading up to, like, Forbidden Door and stuff, but there was quite a lot of six-man tag action, like Will Ospreay and Aussie Open versus AEW wrestlers, like, usually, uh, like, Rocky and Trent and Orange Cassidy and all those guys. But, like, Will Ospreay was over, man. Like, him and the United Empire and AEW are, like, over and some of the shit he was doing in those matches, like the crowd was going mental. Because like oh yeah, not not a not many people can deliver like he can deliver in those situations. And then Aussie Open with him, I just like as a trio, they're awesome as well. So um yeah, they that team was absolutely pumping. And I I think, yeah, I uh, think oh yeah, sorry you get.
1: I think Aussie Open might be my favorite tag team in the world right now. Yeah, right. like they, oh. they for probably the last three or four years I've been a, yeah. been a fan since maybe 2019, I think was the first time I saw them. Great. Yeah. Great in every way. Uh, you know, they, they kind of disappeared through pandemic of course, but they're back now and they're, they're on fire, dude. I can't wait to see them in the world tag league.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's good to see them healthy again because just, I don't remember the exact timeline, but I know that like, um, uh, like, uh, Oh, what's his name? I just not Kyle. Davis 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 got that knee injury right at like the start yeah. of the pandemic, so it was almost like they were out anyway. And then like the lockdown happened, and like he was just rehab, you know, basically the entire time. So at yeah. least um, at least their downtime wasn't like the world kept on super ticking on without them. So uh, that now that they've come back and they're they're physically healthy, like it's a, easy to forget how big both guys are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you see them next to Osprey and stuff, and you're like, man, Davis is huge. But even Kyle is, like, actually quite big. And as he fills out and stuff, like, they're going to be
1: some yeah, big he's, boys. Yeah, he's currently, he must be training with Osprey because he's kind of filling out his body and stuff like he's, that, And too. He,
0: As he gets older, too, because he was really young, like, I started so.
1: Yeah, I, I really just can't wait for them to be in World Tag League. They should have been in World Tag League in 2019, but of course, like we said, Davis was uh, injured and then there was pandemic concerns and they had to go back to Australia. It's just been really kind of ugly. And um, yeah, the future's looking really bright for them, dude, because they're good.
0: Yeah, no, they're awesome. Um, but yeah, back back to the, the match. I think what's going on with the US title and, you know, who's got the belt and blah, blah. I mean, a lot of that as well. I don't think was original planned stuff. I mean, everybody keeps on getting injured. You know, the Sonata with the eye, Will with his kidneys, then Juice's appendix, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it keeps getting, and I, th- I think it was a case of like, because Juice was supposed to be at Dominion, like he literally was rushed to the hospital from his hotel room to get his appendix out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then they've just gone, oh, well, he's a heel, he's physically got the belt, we'll just like leave it on him and stuff. And uh, at Forbidden Door, you saw him there, like in the crowd, and there was like, fan videos of him like jeering at people and like holding the build up, and you know all that kind of stuff. So they were they were doing stuff, you know.
1: The the promo that he cut Just with great. Jay, oh man, that gave me so many nineteen ninety seven WCW vibes. Yeah,
0: yeah, I was so excited.
1: Oh, Jay, uh, sorry, Jay and Juice together
0: that's the one where he that's, like cuts him off right at the start hey like they kind of introduce him and, yeah. and Juice just starts talking and jake kind let of me tell like, you something shivani yeah and, then, <laughs> and then, then, like jay just sort of looks at him like who the fuck's in charge here kind of thing is yeah. it
1: was it was great yeah. yeah like jay jay usually one of the best interviews in the world and just had nothing compared to what juice was giving out man juice was giving you pro wrestling yeah I love it. Fucking rad.
0: He's just leaning into it. And the ones he's been cutting himself, like just on YouTube, uh, they're like, I won't be at Dominion. And and he talks about like, (laughs) he talked about like Will Ospreay's like kidneys being too weak and stuff. And then his appendix goes and blows out. You know, (laughs) he's like, you're physically not hard enough to compete with me and shit. So yeah, he's, he's on fire right now. And he's only just getting started with that character. And he's already delivering like some great promos. So I can't wait till he's actually fit. and. I think we're going to see some great things from Juice.
1: We did, we did miss out on an opportunity to have Juice as Tony Storm's like ring girl coming down <laughs> at, the, at Forbidden Door. Yeah, yeah, that would have been great. That would. They're coming great. down in their matching leather jackets or something. <laughs> Into leather
0: jackets. Uh But yeah, that would um, have been so good. But either way, it's. I guess it's a good thing that Sonata's back. Like I said, I didn't didn't catch it, but hopefully he keeps on improving because I was just starting to <laughs> like him.
1: Yeah, no, I think Sonata is finally, like, getting there for a lot of people, so that's good. Hopefully he continues, and, uh, you know, we'll we'll see him achieve great things in the coming years. Final match of the night, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Jay White defeating Kazuchika Okada in 36 minutes and 4 seconds with the Blade Runner. Jay, Wright, Jay White is the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Sikai Heavy Q Champion. Jay Whito. yes. Tell me about this. How'd you feel?
0: Um, Really good. I, I was really excited to go into the match. It felt, like, it felt like there could be a legitimate change, but it also felt like it could stay. You know, it was one of those really fun matches where you're like, this could go either way. And sometimes with Okada defenses, and especially like when it was the V4 belt, they were very, you know, careful about title changes and stuff. It was almost a foregone conclusion all the time that Okada wins, you know? So... This one had you on the edge of your seat the entire time. And then on top of that, it was like an amazing match. And it was really like Jay White's match. He controlled it, his interaction with the fans. He was just working, man. And it was was fucking cool. It was a a really good match. Uh, And then that's not even saying anything about the after-match promos, both in the ring and backstage.
1: Oh, my God, yes. Uh, He's on another level right now when it comes to promos. It's it's just ridiculous.
0: How did you, do you feel about the ending? Because obviously, yeah, you always have like those epic Okada ending stretches. But like the Blade Runner such a protective move or whatever. And it it's feeling like Okada's building momentum, building momentum. And then it's just like, bang, one, and it's over. Just like that.
1: I, I think, yeah, Jay's, for the longest time, the One-Winged Angel was the move that was the most protected yeah. in, in all of uh, New Japan, and then it moved on to AEW. I think the Blade Runner's at that level.
0: Yeah, He
1: hits the Blade Runner, and you don't get up. No, I don't, you know, think, I don't the,
0: think he's ever... I don't, I don't think we've seen anybody kick out of it, have we? Off the top of
1: my head, I can't think of any no. that have kicked out of we it. We might be wrong, it's, but I don't think so. Fans know fans are trained you know you hear you hear the pop when he hits when he hits that blade runner no it's over
0: it's a wrap exactly right it's the same as the same as the rainmaker as well like i mean they spent a long time rehabilitating that move uh for that reason they're those one hit kills you know and when when it happens you're like oh fuck it's done like the moment he hit it i was like oh my god it's over like that was just it like
1: and it was 30, 36 minutes long. It didn't feel it. It didn't feel it. It felt like a 20-minute match. I, I was I was enraptured the whole time. Yeah. Great it, match.
0: It was really cool. Uh, let me ask you this. So, Jay White main events, obviously, his Wrestle Kingdom main event against Ibushi was epic and also had yeah. you know some pretty epic promo moments after it in the loss. Do you think this was a better match than that? Because him and Ibushi was really special like that was a really epic wrestle kingdom main event did you enjoy this more or
1: that i big? i think that i really loved the wrestle kingdom match more no no sorry i i loved the i loved this match more but i loved the wrestle kingdom promo afterwards that that made it feel yeah. better for me that promo where people were like what is going on with jay white is he gonna hang himself when he leaves here? Yeah. The, is he gonna end up in WWE? What the fuck is going on with this guy? That whole there ten was minute a segment time of when just...
0: he was like the—I mean, he kind of is now—but like after that, he was the hottest property in wrestling. Everybody was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And then, unfortunately, like it, he wasn't really able to capitalize, right? Because then after that, it's all pandemic stuff. So everyone's yep. like, "Is he going to WWE?" "Is he going?" Nobody's going anywhere. The world is locked down, you know, and and he. Became very quiet until now. I mean, this is like his first real New Japan match back, right? Like,
2: yeah, since then
0: almost because he's done stuff with Impact and things like that. But that was his like first big match back. So if you zip away all that time and just look at New Japan time, it's like that happens. It goes away, breaks down, time passes. He comes back and then just wins the title. Like.
1: Yeah, that's you know people were saying you know Jay's when Jay comes back has he lost his spot, things like that. Evidently not, man. It looks like it looks like you know New Japan knows knows what they have with Jay, and they know how special a performer he really is. And and they they strap that rocket right back up his ass. Yeah, so
0: he's yeah he's he's their number one fucking guy like right now. I mean, obviously Okada is too, but when you're talking big fours and stuff, people are like. You can't replace Kenny, blah blah blah. They did. You know what I mean? They're like, all right, onwards and upwards. And New Japan are great at doing that because they keep everybody. It's always well heated Always really somebody to go. Yeah.
1: Always next man up. Yeah, they so. they they will not fail to just put the next dude in your spot.
0: But just deliver on doing that as well, which is amazing. You see, like companies like WWE struggle to do that over and over again and miss at times to. Capitalize on people, and you're like, "Why didn't you go with that guy then?" That's when he was catching fire. All these things, like their companies littered with the bodies of people they didn't take advantage of. You know what I mean? Like there was, like a famous one just off at the top of my head. There was a time when Kofi Kingston like had that rivalry with uh, Randy Orton, and he was like, "The crowd had never been hotter for anybody." Kind of thing, and it's like now's the time to light the fuse on him, and they just never did it. You know, and that stuff goes on and on, but like. New Japan, like at any point, it, it feels like almost any star on their roster. If they pull the trigger on somebody, they're next up. Like, and that's just it.
1: Yeah, I think it they they it shows that they trust their own booking, they trust their their storytelling, and they trust their products. Yeah, and they trust their to... talent.
0: I guess that's the dojo system, yeah. right? They know everybody can deliver. They've known them. They've built them from the ground up, straight through. They trust everybody. All their all their wrestlers are are there for life, essentially, you know, when you come through that system. And that they got it. Like, even look at, like, Juice. You know what I mean? Like, he uh, obviously had been NXT and all that stuff. He went, they went, yeah, we'll just bring you in. He goes, no, I want to do it the right way. I want to come through the dojo. I want to do it all properly. And he did. And then the pandemic happens. He was away for ages. He's talking all that shit in interviews. No, nah, I'm not going to do anything. I'm done with wrestling, blah, blah, blah. And then they just don't even hesitate to pull the trigger on him, bam, and he just delivers again. You know what I mean? Because he's like they're just locked in and I think their system is the best in the world. Like and people have to be patient. They have to wait. But if they do, they really do get rewarded in time. You
1: yeah. know? I, I often wonder how how early in their dojo training do they do they pick those guys and say, That dude that dude's going to be a world champion. Unfortunately, that guy's not and probably never will be. But, like, I think where, where very is it? early
0: on. But then I think that sometimes people can surprise them. So, like, I think Okada, for instance, they knew that one, once they had him anyway, like, because, uh, like, didn't they? They didn't take him initially, right? He went to Mexico and then came back. But, yeah, like, was, what, they they
1: is? wouldn't take him until he turned 18, so he went to Mexico for two years. What a
0: fucking man, hey. Like, imagine that. Like, coming out of high school at 16, I want to be a wrestler. Sorry, kid, you're not old enough. Come back in two years. Sweet, I'm flying to fucking Mexico to yeah. train there as a 16-year-old Japanese boy, and I'm going to return to do what I want to do. And not only will I return, I'll come back as, like, the fucking... the man. Like, basically. The
1: baddest-ass motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, like, I think they knew with him once they had him back, I think it was very clear that he's that. And then... But then you look at somebody like Naito and Hiromu, I think they were people that they didn't think were going to be that and then were very pleasantly surprised. Uh, I don't
1: know. When Hiromu came back, he came back with a vengeance looking at... You know, looking at Kushida.
0: Yeah, but... uh, Like the stories before he went away, uh, he was like unpopular in the dojo, you know, like, uh, like people didn't really like him as much that like Naito had him under his wing from pretty early on because he like, you know, took a shining to him. But apparently the other students didn't get on with him or didn't think he was good or whatever and used to work with him and stuff. From what I heard, like helped him in his training because he wasn't gelling with like the other students and stuff. Then he goes away and becomes like essentially the time bomb in Mexico. And then when he came back, they knew, but that's like another thing. I don't think they would have earmarked him from day one as like, this guy's going to be like one of the biggest juniors we've ever seen. I think they'd be like, he's just a, he's just a guy. Like, and And there's
1: gotta be those that they earmark for greatness that just don't pan out too. Yeah.
0: I mean, look at somebody like Kitamura. It was like pretty clear that they were like grooming him to be like, oh, this guy, he's fucking drag and drop. Let's give him Goldberg's move set. As soon as he's yep. gone on excursion, we'll just drop him in and he'll be our monster. And then he just flames out, you know. So yeah. my, my question to you then, we're on, off on a huge tangent now, but in the... That's okay. We got time. Yeah, Let's exactly. Go. In, in we, the, we missed
1: a week. We can get, get, get exactly. that extra. We
0: in, strap in, people. We haven't even got to forbidden door yet. Um, In the current crop of young lions, who do you think they have earmarked for success? Because there are some, some pretty high-level prospects coming up now.
1: Are you talking about in that that are on excursion now, or that are currently in in Japan? In Japan,
0: well, actually, you in know, Japan, both. Right. Let's let let's look at both.
1: I, obviously, obviously, the big one, the the first one who's going to be coming back is Shooter. Yeah, like that kid is it. You know, he's he's probably the one I'm most excited to see come back. And I think they knew um, that, right?
0: Like when he um, was. Went- yeah. Yeah, and who his dad absolutely. is and stuff. They're like, this kid has the business in his blood. He's gonna be. Awesome.
1: I don't even. I don't even know if it's really like because they always mention it. Oh, that's his dad, Red Shoes. Blah blah blah. But it's like, that's not it, man. He's got something. I don't know if it's the hair or whatever. Like he the, feels the like a Tanahashi. Moxley,
0: yeah, he feels like he feels like a junior Tanahashi. You know, like yeah, yeah. They they
1: tied him to Moxley right away. Yeah, which is huge.
0: And that even felt like you know. impromptu, right? Like, I think Moxley just fucked with him and then they, like, kept sort of doing it for entertainment. But...
1: Well, they you know. they had to give Moxley something because yeah. he's not going to have singles matches his entire first run in, in Japan right before the G1, right? Yeah. So they had to give him something. He wasn't going to join a stable because he's, you know, this, like, loose cannon character and things like that. So they had to give him something. And they... That's what, like, he... Moxley comes in, he beats Juice and a really good match wins the us title and the next match they have him on is a you know it's a match with a young lion and i was like well, that's like you know a, a train versus a, a a dog or something it's just gonna run him over yeah and then yeah he beats the absolute snot out of the kid drags him around this is my new boy look at <laughs> <sighs> he adopts him right there yeah um yeah john moxley's first kid shooter I, I, I loved those backstage promos. Yeah. Those were the best. The, they, they had to have trusted Shoto Amino at some point, yeah. you know, to say this kid's got, you know, he, he was earmarked for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yuya, I think is, is earmarked as well. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, that's just going to be greatness coming from those guys. Um, those are the, the two that I think are going to be the biggest as far as in Japan right now. Uh, still in the dojo, not excursion level yet. Um, gosh, Oiwa, Oiwa's.
0: Oh, I mean, all, was. they're all looking pretty, pretty promising in like the new crop. Like, uh, like I don't know what new like the new Japan dojo is doing different now, but like. The, like, I guess the physical conditioning of, like, the young lions at the moment, they're all ripped to the gills. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't used to be that. Like, when you think of Okan and stuff, you know, he was just, like, a little tubby boy. And then, like, you know, he obviously rebuilt himself quite a way. Uh, But they were all, and it was, like, Oka and Kawado, and then, obviously, Kitamura and stuff like that. They were all shapes and sizes. But at the moment, all those dudes aren't fucking around with their nutrition or their physical fitness or anything. They're all just, like, ripped, like, to the gills. Yeah. The rigs on yeah. those guys, Kurt. The rigs. The, the rigs, bro. <laughs>
1: Check out their rigs.
0: Yeah. Do you think well, O'Kahn... No, Rig
1: watch Twenty Twenty Three.
0: There's no way O'Khan was marked as, like, future major star. Like, there's no way he was. Um, I, I,
1: I don't think he was. I think they, they saw the wrestling acumen that he has. Yeah. And then they saw the reactions that he started getting from people. Yeah, and I I think so with his with his run that they had in RevPro, like he was in RevPro for what two two and a half years, and did not suffer a loss. He was never beaten his entire run on the Really, I, did, I so, didn't know he was yeah.
0: undefeated in RevPro.
1: Undefeated in RevPro, like he wow. he had uh, tag belts. I think that he had to just like drop because he just left for Japan. So. Yeah, uh, for yeah. I, I think maybe they did, maybe they did have something for him, you know?
0: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe. He's, he's, they also didn't he, count on him fucking being like savior of the people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. crime fighter, like all the things. Big
1: shooter. Party oh, yeah. fucking
0: boy. Like, like he just keeps being so surprising. So like, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's a special talent. Like he,
1: he really is. Yeah. He really is. And, and is. He's, he's fucking on potential. one at the
0: moment on social media as well. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Like,
2: it's just
1: every other day I've got to like screen cap something and send it to my wife and be like your boys out here whiling again. He's you know. He's
0: been sending some shit, eh? like Jesus Christ, he's on one. I'm not I'm not sure like those United Empire boys are a good influence on him to tell you the truth.
1: <laughs> or are they the best influence? Well, that, on or is be... he a bad influence on them?
0: We don't know. So he's a dark horse maybe. Maybe he's the bad influence mm-hmm. on everybody, but yeah 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 it just kind of screams of them just like taking in places and him just being about it and them just being so entertained by him is what what it sounds like
1: he's he's one of those people that just goes 100 percent all in no you know i'll all go no quit big nuts like let's fucking do it yeah yeah and uh yeah they're they're like hey do vegas and he goes i'll go no quit big nuts vegas time let's
0: go get ready here we go now that's fucking yeah. awesome all right so back to the main event uh uh of dominion Dominion? and let's let's wrap it all up um it was it was a fucking coming out party for jay uh i think i mean as if he hadn't had enough already and it cemented him as the number one number one spot in new japan for the time being and i I think uh it's going to be it's going to be a run man
1: it's going to be and i think people are finally going to get to see what we've been hiding in Japan for, you know, the last few years. Like Mm -hmm. what, what we've known about that hasn't really, he, he, you know, he's, he hit a little bit in impact. He flirted a little bit in AEW and now it's time. Yeah. People are going to really notice Jay White now.
0: When he came out, uh, I mean, we'll talk about this when we get to it, but when he came out at Forbidden Door, like to his reaction. So I was like, this is a fucking star. And I was like, that's, like, one of the biggest pops of the show until Okada came out. <laughs> and then I was yeah. like, you know what I mean? Which was ballistic. But, like, yeah, he's he's huge. And I think, every, like, he's got America's eyes very interested.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So, uh, Dominion, altogether, good show. Shorts. I don't think it was on the level. It was shorts. It was shorts. Yeah. I don't think it was on the level of you know, the, the shows we've had before. Nah, we back.
0: we were on a bit of a tear of some pretty amazing shows. And though it had a phenomenal main event, now that you break it down for me and run back all the matches, I was definitely looking with some rose colored glasses. So though it was good, though it was short, uh, it was, it was, it was just solid. I don't think it was like, yeah. we, we had some really amazing pay-per-views leading up to that.
1: So we're going to go to some new Japan road shows leading up to forbidden door from there. Cause there were a couple of really good matches. We had a show on Monday the 20th from Corrican Hall. We're going to go straight up to the fifth match, which was Clark Connors defeating Hanma in 11 minutes and 29 seconds uh, in a qualifier first round for the new AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Uh, The trophy kill, great move. The big slam from from Big Clark. And um, yeah, uh, the the four people that they picked for this AEW All-Atlantic Championship qualifier mini-tournament they had, Hanma, Clark Connors, Big Tommy, and Uncle Nobu, could they have done better for this qualifying tournament?
0: I don't know. Everybody's kind of busy, and I don't think they terribly give a fuck about like AEW's belts that they're not going to win, so I don't think they're <laughs> really putting too much stock into it. Um, mm-hmm. I think they were all fun matches, though. You know, and they they're, yeah, they're this, not they're not going to put aside any of their own booking and stuff, uh, doing anything. So I'm glad that they again trust their people and put shine on them where they had the opportunity. And look where that ended up as well. Like with yeah. Ishii's like injury, they could have gone, oh, we've we've got to put in another match to put in a bigger star. They went, oh, Clark's in. Then there you go, yeah, mate. That's the thing about like, you know, what I mean, he's only fresh out a, of the dojo, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the thing about booking a mini-tournament is you you don't have an excuse not to put in yeah. the, the other person who but, was in that match. But it's so, wrestling. You can make up some could've...
0: bullshit, the same as they can just have a, another qualifier with Goto. They could be like, oh, since Tomohiro Ishii is injured, we're just going to have uh, the previous guy, Clark Connors, now have to qualify over Naito. You know what I mean? Like, they just have that match for no reason. But they went, you know what? Backing Clark is one of our boys. We know he's going to deliver. In you go. With all these fucking yeah. ex-WWE superstars. Go out there and kill it. And he did. Which we'll he did. talk about when we get, we'll get to, that to that one. That. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: yeah. Uh, the the next match was uh, Big Tommy and Tomohiro Ishii versus Uncle Nobu, Yoshinobu Kanamaro. 19 minutes and 37 seconds it took for Tomohiro Ishii to beat Uncle Nobu. Did you watch this match? I didn't watch this match.
0: I didn't watch the oh, previous match. it was match. so good. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot going on, but I, uh, I did... Yeah. I didn't see any of this qualifier stuff. Do want to go back and watch it again? I'm a big Clark Connors fan. Everybody in this tournament, I've talked about my love of Honma and Nobu, and Ishii. Uh, so I do want to get them to watch. I might even watch them today. Actually, today's like my first day off in so long. It feels like. Uh, so maybe I'll go back and watch them. Uh, of this road to stuff that we're going to talk about, it's going to be you telling me about it because I really only got to catch the um, Hiromu Ishimori title match.
1: Yeah, that was that was a very good one. We'll get to that one in a second. Yeah, the Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, nineteen minutes of fucking awesomeness. I think uh, Tommy is a great like barrel of a of a baby face. Like he comes out, people know what you're gonna get, and Kanemaru can do fucking anything. I'm just convinced that he's he's he's. The best hand that they have in the junior division, like you have aces, you have stars. Kanamaru is the dude that you can call on to do anything. Yeah, just, and just, he, he came out play and play. they they put on a fucking show. It was so much fun. Go back and watch that one. Uh, the next match, the seventh match of that day for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions uh, championships, we had TJP and Francesco Akira beat Yoshinobu. I'm sorry. Sorry. Uh, Rusuke Taguchi and Master Wado. They beat him in 24 minutes and 15 seconds with a finishing move called the Leaning Tower. Um, it was, it was good. It was fine.
0: Tell me about um, this finishing I, move. I love tag team finishes. What's the go?
1: Um, it's you know, one where one dude picks up a dude and the other dude kind of slams him down. It just looked like a thing to me.
0: Oh, okay. I was hoping for something yeah. like, I mean, they were both incredibly talented. So I was hoping for something dynamic and exciting.
1: Um, no, I mean, it was, it was fine.
0: (laughs) You seem really jacked on it.
1: (laughs) It was, wait, no, no, it was, it was cool. It was the, um, I was thinking of the wrong move. It's a, so it was kind of like a devastation device, like the, the old, um, Legion of doom finisher on the shoulders, got got him up on the shoulders and the other dude came off, except he hit him with a cutter off of the Oh
0: yeah, that's fucking badass. I mean, as if like a clothesline isn't, dangerous enough so so what tjp gets a dude on on his shoulders and then yep. akira cutters akira him comes from off the top. the top rope
1: with a cutter that's
0: badass man that's yeah. cool yeah see that's what i'm talking yeah. about
1: awesome. it took a second it took yeah, a second because yeah, okay. i was like oh like i they just did like a gtr or something like that <laughs>
0: something <laughs> a gtr like fucking they just do goto's fucking secondary finish <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty baller, (laughs) dude. Like a really good finishing move. Um, I think someone was saying that they really think that uh, TJP and Francesco Akira give off like Motor City Machine Gun vibes, which is fucking huge.
0: So, I mean, is is that the level? Like just rapid fire sort of offense?
1: It really felt like they were very smooth. I mean, we talk very frequent tags, very smooth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they work really well together. I think they, they're they've still got time to develop. There's still areas where they could develop, but like you can see a really good little tag team going there. Yeah. And well, they are fresh blood in that junior tag division. And I, I really can't wait to see what they can do, especially if we can start getting in some junior tags from or or just lightweight tags from other divisions or, or other companies. It's gonna be good times.
0: Yeah. Um, I really think they're on to a good thing pairing those two together. Um, Just somebody as seasoned as TJP constantly working with Akira is going to desperately accelerate Akira's growth. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's, he, that's
1: on-the-job training that's going to fucking exactly. make you real It's what happy. they've
0: been trying to do with Wado over there with Taguchi, but it ain't really happening. Whereas, like, you're just going to see Akira just... Be, be up to the standard that New Japan want him at very quickly.
1: Definitely. Uh, so we're going to go the next day, the 21st, Tuesday, the 21st, to the AEW All-Atlantic Championship qualifier. Big Tomo defeats Clark Connors with a vertical drop brain buster. Um, I thought this was a pretty good match. Uh, Clark Connors is, he's not the biggest dude, but then again, neither is Ishii he is however a very strong man as is Ishii, and so this was um this was a good big boy battle i mean they're not they're both not big boys but they it was a good big boy battle unit um, battle. lots of yeah unit battle that's a good way to put it lots of um spears and throws and big clothes lines and that elusiveness from connor's like i thought might actually carry the day for him uh but then yeah vertical drop brainbuster will plant you down uh, unfortunately big tomo injured during the match Mm -hmm. so instead of going off to see big tomo versus miro which you know i gotta admit that that was shorts to me just the thought of it yeah clark connors gets put into the aew four-way all atlantic championship match and uh yeah boy showed out
0: i showed out i was stoked about it because i was like what a great opportunity Like the Mm -hmm. every every young lion works so hard with with so little um, I guess promise like on the on the horizon. That's no, that's not the wrong way. That's the wrong way of saying it. I mean, like no real time frame. You know, look at somebody like Michael Richards, like in the documentary with Lions Raw. He's been there for years, grinding. You know, and had like an opportunity, and it didn't really work out, and it put him back to square one and stuff like that. The level of work those guys need to do is amazing and it is really nice to see the company back him in something you know goes wrong and they just go back in our dude let's put him in that situation and if he delivers then you've just built yourself another star and i think that's exactly what they have done and i felt like he was over like in the match and i think the but I'm, i'm already talking about forbidden door let's let's talk about about that when we come to it but either way uh, I think he made the most out of that opportunity.
1: Well, let's let's talk about that because you know we talked about how Michael Richards didn't put his best foot forward when he got his first hit, shot at Japan, and that could be a killer yeah. for a lot of dudes. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I really I'm glad they did that documentary about it because like without that, you know, I I never would have considered myself a fan of the guy. Uh-huh. It's been like oh, that's just that's that's Trainee over in um the, in New Zealand, like you know. Wasn't that impressive? You know, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. You know, that sort of stuff like that. But like that one misstep, yeah, like you said, put him back at square one yeah. and he took that shit seriously. Yeah. Any, anybody, anybody with less mental toughness would have folded yeah. right there. And uh, yeah, dude. It's the way of the warrior, man.
0: Like if you look at samurai movies and karate movies and kung fu movies and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's about the journey, you know, of the warrior, and that's how New Japan look at it. Like, it's, you don't just get it because you're there sort of thing. You've got to earn it. And if you have a setback, then you've got to work hard to get to the next spot. And they won't give up on you as long as you don't give up on yourself. And it may take a while, but they won't, like, write you off or anything. It's not like you're, like, hit catering and never come back, like, you know, mm-hmm. other companies, blackball people and stuff like that, you know, or, or release them and stuff. They don't release people. They're just like, we just need to keep working, and you'll get there again. Like, and and that I think can be hard for some guys to have patience with. But if you are having a real hard time with them, that's not for you. Then you're probably in the wrong company. Right? You need to know what you're signing up for before you get into it. But you'll have a job yeah. for life if it if it works, you know.
1: Yep. Yep. And, and even if you have to step away for a while and and join a different company, like you can come back, like they did with uh, with. Carl Anderson.
0: Yes. So is, and like with open arms. It wasn't like, hey, we had a massive Wrestle Kingdom and then you, Doc and Shinsuke and like AJ left and fucked us all over, you're now blackballed. They're like, Go and, you know, get your best opportunity and please let us know if you need help. Like and then come back in. Welcome with open arms, put a title straight on him, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because they know who he is. Like and that's yeah. uh that's I think to be commended. So
1: so what I'm saying. Through this is, maybe someday Devitt comes back.
0: One one hundred percent, I could see Devitt coming back if he ever leaves WWE. You would you would see him work with New Japan again. He loves New Japan. Like know. you hear it in interviews and stuff. Where he talks about it. Like he loved his time. You know, he loved being a young boy and like doing all those things. Like, yeah, he he definitely would. Whether he ever leaves, you know how much money they're paying. I guess like, but. But if he ever did, you could you could see him working with Japan again, definitely,
1: definitely. So, and and you know, I think Clark Connors has done nothing but succeed at what they've asked of him. They asked for him to come back and do this best with Super Juniors, and they were like, "You're not going to have a fantastic record, but you go out there and you have good matches. You're going to have singles matches at Carrick and Hall." And you know that's that's a big show. That's a big show for them. Then he they they say, okay, you did really good. You want some more singles matches at Carrick and Hall? Cool. You know they're they're just road two shows, uh-huh. but you know you're you're getting tied to AEW.
0: Yeah. Hey, you can cool. wrestle some heavyweights. So, it'll be it'll be fun and get get yeah. look at that ring experience in there with Honma, in there with Ishii. Like these are tried and true. New Japan guys who have been there forever, who know the ways. They're putting him in spots where he's wrestling experienced guys now. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and there was probably no coincidence as well that one of his blocks when he was wrestling in Best of the Super Juniors was, like, against Nobu and stuff like that. Like, put him with the stalwarts, the guys that are, you know, proven. And then, yeah, when that See what you got. Yeah, exactly. And then when that opportunity comes back, they're like, you haven't dropped the ball yet, kid. Let's go.
1: Yep and he continues to not drop the ball. So we'll move on to the next match. The final match of that night of this, of this uh, mini tour was Hiromu Takahashi in a losing effort against Taiji Ishimori 30 minutes, 36 minutes and 20 seconds. Ishimori wins with the bloody cross. This was good. Like I love these two. I I think, you know, Ishimori best of super juniors. He really had his working boots on Um, when he, Desperado for the title. He really had his working boots on. He's He's been showing out. Yeah, I think he, he sees... he's picking up.
0: He's, he's definitely picking up for me. His rehabilitation in my eyes is going pretty far. I'd like to see a little bit more, I don't know, character or viciousness out of him a little bit maybe. You know, like having uh, having be a little bit more of a killer, but, but it, they've been good matches, man.
1: Yeah, I think um, he sees that, you know, we'll talk about it the, after this match, but he sees who's coming back. He sees who they have there and he's like, you know, if I'm going to be the champion, I've got to fucking show up because Desperado and Hiromu are both, you know, tried and true aces. A third ace is coming back. You know, we've got stars on the rise in this, in this company. Like I need to, you know, secure my legacy right now. And I think that's what he's doing with his run. He's trying to show like what he can do where he's been his experience and his ability. And I think that he he really did with this match. It was when you talk about being a killer, like he was so locked in on this, uh, in this match, just trying to rip Takahashi's arm out, you know, like he was putting some nasty, nasty finishers on uh, Hiromu's shoulder, on his arm, on his bicep, on, you know, just, trying to work that one body part. And we know that Hiromu's had a bad shoulder injury before. So uh, I got to say, I bit on a lot, a lot of the finishers. Like I I thought that he had him. There were a couple of times where he's got him in the bone lock and he'll, he's reaching for the ropes and then they reverse it back to the middle of the ring. And I, I was like, that's it. He's done. And Hiromu was able to power out and Hiromu's looking for those, for those submission finishers over and over and over again. And gets caught with the bloody cross. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's how the match ended. I thought that was fucking brilliant. Like, what a great way to work an arm match. And it doesn't factor into the finish, but it does factor into yeah. the finish.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought the thought exact same thing. It was, really was a well war. It, like, it, went, it went on, and as it, as it went on, like you say, it's ramping up and ramping up on the limb stuff, but then boom, it was lights out, like, in another way. So it was, it was like, it swerved you a little bit, you know. Smart. Yeah, exactly. Super smart. I enjoyed it. And then what did you think of uh Kushida's return? Just on like a road tour, wasn't a Dominion or anything like that. I know you're pumped. You're obviously a huge Kushida fan.
1: I love Kushida, dude. Oh my god. I and speaking of someone who can collect arms, we're gonna see Kushida come back and um yeah, it's I'm so excited. I'm so excited, Kushida come home, dude. Oh my god. I, I like I keep thinking about like um you know a take. A take for this, and I don't have a take. My take is that, fuck yeah, Kushida's back. Yeah, you know, like that's all I got. I'm just so excited. I love the dude, and you know, awesome. a lot of people. Oh, he came back as a baby face. That's boring. Oh, he came back as a junior. That's what. Shut the fuck up.
0: Shut up. Be grateful. <laughs> it's gonna be great matches. Yeah.
1: it's gonna be great matches. And I mean, like, yes, he's wrestled. He's wrestled Ishimori before. Okay, but that was also four years ago. You know he's wrestled he's wrestled Hiromu before. He hasn't wrestled this Hiromu before. You know he wrestled Hiromu when he was when he was young and he was wild. Yeah. He hasn't wrestled true ace Hiromu yet. Yeah,
0: yeah, that is totally true. Also, he like hasn't in- wrestled
1: this new elevated desperado yet.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, has he ever wrestled Robbie Eagles?
1: Uh, not that I know of. I don't think so.
0: Either way, not current Robbie Eagles. You know what I mean? We're talking. It's yeah. been, been years since Kushida's been here. Also, I mean, in what world would Kushida be a heavyweight also? Like, the dude is, like, legit.
1: (laughs) I'm fucking done. I'm done with people saying, move this guy up to heavyweight. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I'm done with it. I, I, I said this on WeWork Stiff. I wasn't on WeWork Stiff. I sent in a, a question to WeWork Stiff. Shout out! Shout out to our friends WeWork Stiff. What's up I now? just
0: talk along with the podcast as I listen. Yeah, nobody was listening to I'm me. Sit- <laughs>
1: I'm sitting at work and I'm unloading <laughs> boxes or whatever, and they're talking to me and I'm talking to them, but they don't know it. Yeah. They know <laughs> but, it in their hearts. Um, I said, you know what? What is with people wanting to just raid the junior division to find more heavyweights? Yeah. We have heavyweights.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We have juniors. They're two separate divisions. Why does everyone want to fucking leave the junior division? And the junior division. Who is there right now? It is. Who is there that we can fucking be an ace and carry that division like Jushin Liger did in the 90s? You know, just be the man in that division and elevate the division rather than build your name and fucking leave it and jump up. I understand why Shingo jumped up. He was never a fucking junior. Yeah. I understand why Will jumped up because they saw they saw dollar signs with him. Okay, cool. And
0: also, I mean, like he he did the work and physically trans- – he was always tall, you know, and then physically yeah. transformed his boat. Like that's always what it was going to be. I think the only guy for me that I see that with currently in the junior division – well, actually, there'd be two. I mean, El Phantasmo's obviously gone, so I'm not going to talk about him. But I would say I still see – and I I'm not in a rush for this, but I could – Definitely see El Desperado taking a big run in heavyweight, and I would like to see it because I think he has the potential and the size and things like that too. And that's just me greedily wanting to see him with those guys. You know what I mean? Like I want to see him wrestling Mm -hmm. Naito and wrestling Okada more and, and all that kind of stuff. And then the other one is I think eventually Alex Zane, if he sticks around with New Japan, which I really think he is. I feel like he's a made man in New Japan. I I don't feel like he is really junior size either. Like when you look at his build and stuff and I think over time as he as he progresses, I, I think you'll see him go to heavyweight as well. But I I think at the moment, like enjoy the ride because like like you said, look at all the aces. So it's like Hiromu, Kushida, uh Desperado, Robbie, Ishimori, Alexane, like Ace Austin. Yeah. Like like it's Lindemann if he comes back, you know, like there's so many amazing The entire wrestlers. best of the Super Juniors. Yeah, the entire best of the Super Juniors field like was stacked to the gills. So it's like, let them go and like, let them tell storylines. Maybe people are just saying that because they feel like all the all the most intriguing storylines are in the heavyweight division, you know, because they're like the, the main kind of thing. But remember when Kushida and Hiromu were like, in their big feud and stuff. It was fucking huge, you know, ticking time bomb and all that stuff and things like that. And they're they're like, you know, second from the top and all that. You just need those things. And and unfortunately, for a little bit, the junior division has been stale because we were in a pandemic. There was nobody around. So it was just sort of the same guys and that. But they're rebuilding now, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go. And I'm very interested to see Kushida uh, versus Ishimori. And I think she has got a whole new story to tell. I don't think you're just going to see him just be the time splitter again. I think there's probably going to be something else coming along. Uh,
1: yeah. Everyone's talking about, Oh, he's going to turn heel. He's going to turn heel. Nobody cool. knows though. It. You know what I mean? What, whatever say, happens.
0: Exactly. What Whatever happens. He could be a monster baby face and that would be totally fine. It's, it's just more about them not retreading old ground. But so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and you know, that's, that's what uh, I believe Joel said it best. Like, It's just, if you think that the junior division is stale, that's on booking. That's not on the wrestlers needing to move up to heavyweight, because it's the same bookers between heavyweights and juniors.
0: That's true. Who said that? Uh, Joel. Oh, from Super J-Cars. Yeah, absolutely. Joel Joel and Damon always have the best takes. They understand this company more than most, and he's 100% correct. That's kind of what I was getting at. Like, it's... Yeah, and it's the same with anything. If you ever feel the heavyweight division style, if you think that the tag division sucks or anything like that, it's literally all booking because it's not the wrestlers. The wrestlers prove over and over that they can go and they can deliver amazing matches in the ring. But you it's up to them to book angles and, and conflicts that are interesting.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, now that you have those players in place, yeah. now that you have Robbie now that you have Hiromu, now that you have Kushida back, now that you have, like, you have elevated players, all you got to do is put the pieces in the right spot mm-hmm. and you're going to make money. Absolutely. And those elevated players who people want to see move to the, to the heavyweight division, if they all work together, they could elevate the junior division to where they don't need to be heavyweights. Yeah. And That's what I want. Mm-hmm. That's and, what I want. And like, look,
0: they're already working on elevating the junior tag as well because they've taken it off exactly. of the fun team. They've put it on a, a working, rapid team. So what, like, do we now look at... Like, that instantly gets me thinking, okay, what are some really cool junior tag options that we haven't looked at? Is it Alex Zane and El Linderman? Like, they've been teaming together as Stronghearts in Glee. I'm fucking excited about that. Let's yeah. do Stronghearts, which is Alex Zane, Linderman versus United Empire. Let's do LIJ, Hiromo, and Bushi like together again. I always like it when they tag and they're all matching gear. It's fucking fresh to death. You've got Is, uh, is
1: Kushida a member of Chaos? Could they uh, again, could they team could he team up with Yo? And and okay, you, bring, lost me. bring something out of Yo. <laughs> I was That's getting
0: funny. excited for a second. But but maybe maybe that is more exciting. It's better than seeing Yo on his own. I was like, yeah, and this and this and you're like, and yo and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I forgot.
1: Oh, Zot. But
0: you know what? Yo is a great fucking wrestler. He's just not doing anything. And all he is is a white canvas at the moment. So maybe you take that blank piece of paper and you start to draw something on it. And maybe Kushida does Mm -hmm. that drawing and maybe that becomes really interesting. So there's always things you can do. Shooter's coming back. Is Shooter going to be a junior or is he going to be a heavyweight?
1: I think he's 205 pounds, which is just over the... The junior limit.
0: Okay, nice. So they might just start him as like a, a young heavyweight then. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I like yeah. that. I like that. But, but yeah, oh, options. how about Ren Narita? Ren yeah. Narita's coming back soon.
0: Mm, exactly. What's that motherfucker. like Clark is doing way more stuff in Japan. Is he going to stick around? You know, is, is there a combination there? I
1: hope so. I hope all these LA Dojo boys form their own stable and, and we can see, you know, an LA Dojo team where you could have like, Coglin, and maybe someday we'll get Carl Fredericks back over in Japan and have is, them take a run at the.
0: Is Coglin in Japan right now, or is he going to be doing yes. some Japan shows? That's really exciting. Speaking yeah. about a potential new heavyweight, like he,
1: that'd yeah, be cool. the the first time we get to see like Coglin versus Ishii, or you know Coglin versus someone like Goto. Boy, let me tell you what, this is going to be something strap awesome. Strap in.
0: Strap in. Now that's awesome. Um all right then. Well, before we jump over into our forbidden door talk, should we quickly talk about our new sponsor?
1: We should talk about our new sponsor.
0: So yeah, new new sponsor Curtis, one that's familiar to me, one that supported the Faces and Feels podcast for quite some time. They heard about Okada shorts and just had to get on vol- involved. 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 Involved with <laughs> Okada shorts. How are you feeling about being part of the NordVPN family?
1: I'm excited about it, man. Like NordVPN is, uh, it's pretty cool. They were able to contact us and get us a a, a neat little discount code so that we can help everybody else mm-hmm. uh, to secure themselves online and also to unlock some pretty fun features. Uh, you and I were just talking about uh, the Shout Factory streaming service, mm-hmm. which uh, we've been using to watch some. Japanese tokusatsu, uh, you know, Ultraman and uh, Super Sentai and things like that, that they have on there that you can't find streaming anywhere else only in America. Well, guess what? Nord VPN, you get on there, you run your IP, uh, uh, your IP address through an American server, boom, unlock new content for us to watch new fresh faces and new fun stuff. That's not the only thing. It's also given us a level of security online, which is, as we all know, the biggest deal when it comes to your life online. Our lives are hundred percent online nowadays, and we just want to make sure that credit card numbers, IP addresses, things like that are secured
0: every day. And
1: NordVPN really gives us access to that, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I run mine on the phone 24-7, basically, like on my mobile. Absolutely. I mean, if somebody was in the mobile, like, and just went through my stuff, it's just like every password I've ever had. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I pay mm-hmm. for things on my phone. Like, I don't know if in the UK they've got, like, Google Pay and, and stuff like that. But, like, yep. literally to purchase, use Apple Pay on
1: my phone every day. It's
0: literally, I don't even have a wallet anymore. I have my phone and I've got my ID, like, on the back of it. And that's all it is. So. Yeah, I, it's a service I really believe in and it's been super convenient for, yeah, watching more content online that, you know, being in a fucking backwater convict fucking <laughs> ridden island. I don't have access to quite some of the things that you guys do over in Mary Old, as they say.
1: <laughs> well, I mean we can tell you how you can get access to, to things like english netflix where you can watch like old episodes of doctor who maybe or american uh, tokusatsu streaming services and things like that and the way you do that is you go to nordvpn.com/what shorts shorts that's right get grab your exclusive nordvpn deal by going to nordvpn.com/shorts shorts to, <laughs> to get a huge discount off your nordvpn plus plan plus one additional month for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. What have you got to lose, man?
0: Literally nothing. And don't forget, you can choose a bundle to fit your security level. So get to nordvpn.com slash shorts. (laughs) We're not good at doing it for each other. And use that code shorts to make sure you get the deal that is right for you. With a 30-day money-back guarantee,
1: man. You have nothing to lose except being insecure
0: online. <laughs> exactly. The only thing that you can lose is fear itself. That's, that's right. I think that's how the quote goes. I'm pretty sure Sock that's the, the NordVPN.com tagline. <laughs> is The only thing you can lose is fear itself. So yeah, nah, absolutely pumped. So thank you to NordVPN and check out that code. Uh, and now... Let's talk about forbidden door. We've buried the lead long yes. enough. It's been like an hour and a half, maybe even two hours now. So it is time to discuss forbidden door. The forbidden door. It has opened.
1: Do you want to talk about the the pregame show?
0: Oh no, I, I didn't watch that. I didn't that.
1: watch the buy-in. Oh no, I don't. Yeah.
0: I didn't have time. The, well, what a start! I opened the show being like, I don't got six hours to watch wrestling all at once. So I do again. I do want to go back and watch it because I really want to see that match with Swerve and Lee versus Desperado and Nobu, but I just haven't had time. Seems like a mismatch, doesn't it? I know, but I saw a spot from it where like Swerve stomps Desperado to the outside of the ring, and it looked killer. Yeah,
1: looks really good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Keith Lee is just such a humongous individual that to put him up against two juniors seemed like it seemed a bit like overkill i don't know for sure
0: i but that's that's always when he's now. at his best though because he's like an awesome base and they just you know fly around him Flop. and he's just yeah exactly yeah. he's uh you once said it best that if a company can't make money with keith lee they don't deserve to make money and yep. no true words have ever been spoken he is a star he
1: is absolutely a star. So we'll, we'll go ahead and start with the first match of the day, which was uncle Eddie and the boys, uh, Eddie Kingston shooter and Wheeler Yuta, John Moxley's two adopted children versus Minoru Suzuki and the Jericho appreciation society, which is Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara with uh Tay Conti at ringside this match. Okay. So let's first talk about it. People were kind of shitting on this card. When it when it was announced, you know, oh, not us. This person's. We not weren't us, recording not us. <laughs> we, we conveniently <laughs> forgot to do that. So, we've got a lot of people who are like, "Oh, this person's injured. We don't get to see the matches we want to see." Blah blah blah. The, what we got was levels above what we were expecting.
0: It was a great time. I I said to you in text, in text, not record it because we didn't go on record with it. But I was like. It's gonna be a War of the Worlds show, and I'm fine with that. It's just gonna be a fun crossover show, and that will be a good time. Like some of my first memories of New Japan when I started getting exposed to them, were watching from Ring of Honor's side, and then seeing War of the Worlds, and then getting to know the New Japan guys, and then going down that rabbit hole. You know, so I was quite happy with that. What was actually delivered was really fun, and this match on paper doesn't light my world on fire but I had a great time with it watching.
1: I think a big part of that was also the crowd reaction. The crowd Pumped. was there for that was so hot, single yeah. match.
0: Yeah, And I'm sure the New Japan guys as well, who've been living in clap crowd eras, were loving it.
1: Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, the, the, the match itself. So Shooter comes out first for that side. And people were, you know, they're like, oh yeah, Shooter. We know him. We've heard about him through Moxley. Wheeler Yuta got a huge ovation. Eddie Kingston got a huge
0: He's ovation. So over now, and it's so good to see. And I don't know if you watch Blood and Guts. I was watching it last night. Again, you don't really watch Dynamite and stuff, but um, like in the Big War Games match, they did the last entrance. Anybody who hasn't watched War Games, it's two teams of. Six, I think it is. And they come in sort of one by one, you know, alternate. The last person to enter the War Games match was Eddie Kingston. Moxley's the world champion, and he was in, like, fourth. You know what I mean? They saved him to last. Mm. was Jericho last for JAS. And then Eddie Kingston was, like, the big last in for Blackpool Combat Club. And the crowd was fucking there for it. You know what I mean? They're positioning him as, like, a very big character in in
1: AW. i'm really glad to hear that because he's such a consummate professional yeah. like nobody's he's, like he's him. like, a, like yeah. a nobody's like eddie kingston he's so much fun to watch and like i didn't get it until i saw him live you know i thought the my first exposure to eddie kingston was a like a hardcore match with uh eddie kingston and the original la parka okay and they fucking tore it down, dude. I was so excited. I was like, oh yeah, La Parker. Fuck yeah, dude. This is my childhood. Yeah. I'm so excited. Uh-huh. And um I was like, oh Eddie Kingston, I've seen him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I I started getting to Eddie Kingston just through his promos. Like I still haven't really oh, gone back and, and done my diligence to make sure like I've caught all the uh, you know, Eddie Kingston, Chris Hero rivalry and stuff that people talk about all the time. I really need to like this podcast is just me saying all the shit I need to watch because it's literally, that's how long the list is. And I barely ever have time to watch the stuff that's coming out now. But um, but he's just a fired, like you can go on YouTube and something and just watch Eddie Kingston promos. You know what I mean? The intensity yep. and the realism of what he is is crazy. I was listening to an episode of Talk is Jericho this week. It was like the formation of the... Jericho Appreciation Society, so the other guys from that faction they were talking. in. Uh, and Chris Jericho said that Eddie Kingston, to him, is nothing... Like, his promo style is nothing but red flags to him. You know? He's like, it's not the way it's done, but he's like, but for Eddie it works. He's like, for me, none of that works. He breaks all the molds and just does whatever he wants, but he just lights the world on fire when he does it. You know? It's, it's awesome. That's really cool.
1: The, the Jericho Appreciation Society, that's, like... When did that change from being the inner circle?
0: So so what happened was it was, uh, and th- I mean, this might be interesting to some of the listeners if they're, they're a bit more New Japan focused and don't watch it. So what happened was, is they, they had started to sort of build uh, a rivalry with Jericho and Eddie. Jericho's very good at like keeping his finger on the pulse, knowing who's hot and then being involved with them, you know? like Because yeah. he, he knows they can keep him relevant. And he can raise them. He's fucking maybe nobody better at that than him. He, so they started this rivalry. And Eddie was basically saying Chris is afraid of him. And Chris is saying, you can't win the big one. And if you could win the big one against me, I'll shake your hand kind of thing. Like, that's what's going to happen. They have this match. And Jericho doesn't win. He loses clean to, to Eddie. But then he won't shake his hand and he leaves. And then that begins a little bit of a sort of fracture in the inner circle where Eddie's saying, it says in a promo and stuff, like to Santana and Ortiz, uh, proud and powerful, this dude is holding you back. You guys shouldn't be fucking about with the inner circle. You guys should be tag team champions. I know what you're capable of, blah, blah, blah. And so that starts a little bit of a fracture in the inner circle. Meanwhile, Sammy's doing the TNT title stuff and everybody's sort of starting to fight and he leaves. He's like, I don't want to do any part of it. And Jake is just sort of Jericho, silent hating. you know? Uh, so that begins that. And then there were some injuries where Jericho got sick overseas and then Eddie got injured. So it kind of got put off. But what eventually ends up happening is uh, a match where they're fighting. Uh, Eddie's been sort of fighting with uh, 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. And then they're kind of still beefing, even though they're allied. So Jericho's like, I don't like your friend, but okay. Anyway, 2.0 and Daniel Garcia attack the ring. Everybody thinks they're coming to attack everybody and stuff. But in the end, they join Jericho and turn on all his guys. You know what I mean? So then everyone's like, holy fuck, Jericho set this whole thing up. Like they thought they were like running in to attack everybody and that like, you know those guys would all be fighting back to back, but in reality, it's Jericho's move, and he's pulled the the trigger on his own faction and on on Kingston. So then that casts uh, Proud and Powerful and Kingston out, and then he's got a whole new faction, and then they rebrand themselves as the Jericho Appreciation Society. Because I, I gotta yeah.
1: say, it seems like a little bit of a step down from from Proud and Powerful and. Sammy Guevara, although oh, Sammy Guevara's rejoined with Jericho now, right? Yeah, well, that's, now that's he did
0: I'm He reasoning. did later, but that's also part of his logic because he's like, it's the Jericho Appreciation Society because he was like, everybody in, in a circle was too big. He wanted to rebuild a faction in his image where he is the figurehead and everybody worships him. You know what I mean? So okay. it was like, those guys are too good. I need new minions. So he clears house. Jake was never a problem because he's, he's been with him since day one but like Proud and Powerful have got this other friend and they're wanting to be tag champions. They want to do this stuff. And they're not just like being his shit kickers, you know? And then Sammy wanted to be TNT champion. So he just cleans house and gets a whole new squad. But then eventually Sammy rejoins when he kind of, you know, loses the TNT title and he's a loser. But uh, but yeah. Goes heel again. Yeah. But that was the thought was the, and then uh, I think, It was, again, something from a promo that Eddie Kingston had said where he was talking about down the street where you guys are sports entertainers or whatever. And so that's where Jericho started to lean into that. He's like, oh, the term sports entertainer has like heat with our fan base. That's what Mm -hmm. we're going to be. Like, I'm better than a wrestler. You guys are just all wrestlers. Don't you realize I've been to the big show? I'm a sports entertainer. And then there was this hilarious promo where they kind of reveal what the Jericho Appreciation Society is and and Jericho saying all that stuff. And Daniel Garcia grabs the mic off him, and he's, like, known as a wrestler's wrestler. And he's like, I'm going to stop you right there. He goes, because if you're a sports entertainer, and then he changes, like, and he looks at, like, the other camera, like, hell, 90s, like, WWE. He's like, then I'm a sports entertainer, too. Like, it was so ooh,
1: funny. and ooh, then ooh, I know. Yes.
0: And then he, like, starts wearing Kangol's and, and shit. It's really needles, funny. Needles, needles, needles. It is funny. The, the, like, little details and stuff they're doing, I, I've enjoyed it. And they're, like, matching costumes are so fucking cheesy. They did the, uh, in that Anarchy in the Arena match, they had like matching Backstreet Boys white shit. And at Blood and Guts, they came out in matching red fedoras, re- matching mesh red tank tops and like red leather pants. It's so fucking bad, but that's what makes it absolutely amazing. Like it, it just cracks me Oh out. my God. Yeah, he's out of oh control. He's fucking God. on one at the moment is Jericho. So. And he's, he's smart so because dumb. he, you know, he, he just knows how to keep himself relevant. Like, is he the fucking, you know, a New Japan, Okada, J White level worker these days? No, but he's kept himself in great condition. He's always delivering great promos and he's just always keeping things entertaining. He knows when shit gets stale and that's what he was like, inner circle was done. People starting to get tired of it. Time to flip it. You know, we've done it for two years. Jump it again, you know? Yeah, there?
1: I, I can completely queue. understand that. Like, Jericho's always been known for reinventing himself. so. I guess if you want to reinvent yourself with uh, Sammy Guevara, Red Death, Daniel Garcia, and a bunch of mooks, then yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it seems the, like a step down. Even the from mooks, Proud and though, Powerful.
0: like well, they definitely are. But th- that also helps elevate Proud and Powerful because then they've got somebody to fight, and they're not just Jericho's minions, you know. And yeah. and those two guys, the story with two point uh, is that they they were in NXT. They're friends of Kevin Owens because uh, they're also, you know, Montreal guys. And when they got released, you know, with all the fucking big WWE culling, they didn't even really get going there. Uh, Kevin Owens called Jericho. It's like, do you mind meeting with my friends and just talking to them? You might be able to help them or whatever, you know? And then so he had them on his show, just on his podcast to help promote them. And then he really liked them like his dudes. He's like, these guys are they're good guys. They get it. And then he called Tony Card after they left. And he's like, oh, I've already booked them. They're going to be on, like, tomorrow. And he's like, they didn't even fucking mention it to me. And then when he goes, I didn't even plan for, like, Daniel Garcia and 2.0 and stuff to be a part of it. But they were naturally, like, the bad guys for Eddie Kingston. And so he's like, these are the fucking guys. They're right there, you know? And and also... Mm Daniel Bryan had fucking uh, cut promos saying that, like, in the Blackpool Combat Club, we want to get young guys. You know, we want Wheeler Yuta. We want Daniel Garcia. And he's like, and then I fucking also take Daniel Garcia away from him. You know what I mean? And I take it away from the fans because people want that. Everybody wants yep. Daniel Garcia and Daniel Bryan to be together. They fit. And he's like, no, now he's a sports entertainer. You know? And yep. uh, it, that's heat as well. So, yeah. That's it's a really interesting it. podcast. I mean, I just told you the entire fucking Podcast episode, basically, but uh, on on Talk It's Jericho, uh, the formation of the Jericho Appreciation Society episode. It's got all those guys on it, the the whole squad talking about it. It's really interesting. Right on, yeah. But I right give on. you a summation anyway here on the Jericho Cast. Uh, so anyway, that was a really fun match.
1: <laughs> it was a really fun match, and I think the the coolest part is how Shooter was able to kind of win over the crowd.
0: He was great, uh, I mean, for- wasn't he? Yeah, he was pumping it. He, he
1: he wasn't really doing a lot in the first half of the match, but towards the second half when he was, you know, taking kicks to the face and still holding on to his to his Boston Crab or, mm-hmm. you know, taking stiff shots from, from the King Minoru Suzuki. And can we say, like, 17,000 people or whatever it was, 16, 16 5, all screaming Kazanina Ray at the same time? Yeah. That was a moment. It's hot. That was yeah. super good. So, yeah, I, I mean, Shooter, like, he showed that he showed that fire. He showed the the new Japan young lion fighting spirit and the, the American fans dug it, man. They really responded to it. Shooter's going to be a star.
0: Yeah. I, I think mean, I so. th- know who he is. That's,
1: that's super hot take, right? Shooter's going to be a star. Well, like we, we all know that, but like, damn dude, that was, that was the first time seeing, like I've seen shooter um, in person in smaller places, like over here in RevPro and stuff like that, and he comes across like a really like good wrestler. He's got a lot of personalities, like I I've never seen that before. That was a fucking star.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know. Have, like, have you it, it seen, seems Have like, you seen him live? Have you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I saw him and uh, I saw him and Michael Oku, who is someone who I'm a big fan of over here. And I saw who else I see Shooter with. Shooter and Suji versus somebody. I don't remember. Um, which was really cool seeing Shooter and Suji together. I really like those two.
0: Yeah, D- but, are they a fun tag.
1: Yeah, I didn't really see how it fit. Um, you know, Shooter comes out and he's doing like a modern sort of Tanahashi thing, mm-hmm. and uh, Suji comes out and he's doing like a very like almost like a Godo thing where it's like a you know proud warrior and stuff. So they right. they didn't really have a mesh. They were definitely two characters put together. Yeah. But you could tell that they were really relishing being together as as two young lions yeah. that you know had a shared experience. So that was pretty cool.
0: Absolutely. They're the same class. So is that what Suji's doing? He's like a... Why
1: yeah, about... like a modern. He comes out with like samurai robes and stuff like that. It's very cool.
0: Yeah, okay. I wanted to buy.
1: I wanted to buy a Suji shirt, but the only shirt they have is. It looks like Hiromu drew Suji. Like it's a very badly drawn Yoda Suji. And
0: sometimes New Japan turns out some merch where you're like, brother, what are you? What are you fucking? Yeah, what is this? What is this trash? Exactly. Yo, I'm looking. I I did not dig it. Yeah, yeah. Now, oh well. There'll be there'll be merch down the line. What do you think? Um, fucking, we're we're all about side tenants today. What do you think Suji's upside is when he returns?
1: he's okay so for suji he's got he's a lot of fun in the ring as in like he's he's all go no quit big nuts yoda suji jumping around like he's a big dude Yeah, but he's not fighting like a big dude like he he can throw you and he can strike and stuff like that but he's like going fast jumping high you know big body um uh Big flying body presses and stuff like that, and I think he he just wrestles different to how you would see him wrestle okay in your head, and I really like that, um also, he's got a very like I could see Yoda Suji being the dude at the end of the bar, he's got his beer, and a fight breaks out, you know, and suji's just like, "I don't give a shit who started it. I don't care I'm why gonna <laughs> I'm gonna stand up and whoop somebody's ass, yeah, yeah, cool. and I love that he's got that sort of like. That he's just got badass written on his face, you know, like, ooh, a tussle.
0: What, what, <laughs> that uh, kind of guy? What faction do you for him? Lij. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 100%. 100%. That's
0: cool.
1: It's, I see, so I'm going to say, Suji, I see an Lij. Yuya Oamura, I see as Hantai. Um, Shota chaos probably. And then, Oh God, there's some other, like the other, the LA guys, I want to see them come back as, as a, a faction, a unit together. I'm trying to think of some of the other people, like who else is on excursion right now? Mm. That's, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. Um, Everyone else is a catch all for LA. <laughs> and, um, Michael Richards, when they send him back. Hmm. Do they have anyone from New Zealand and United Empire?
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know if he'd Anare. be a fit there, but it would be. Oh, and RA, that's right. Maybe there's a connection there. Oh,
0: yeah. Maybe there is a
1: connection.
0: Yeah. It's I just be want interesting. to see Michael
1: Richards come back.
0: Yeah, that would be good. I'd love to see him hit the roster.
1: I don't care go. where he goes, as long as he comes back.
0: Yeah. Maybe come back. Um, all right. So still haven't really talked about this match <laughs> after 25 minutes, but uh, I, I think it, were, it was a fun tag to sort of crank it up with. Uh, you get mm-hmm. some big stars in there, uh, and it was really enjoyable. And, yeah, and I think it really felt like the shooter show like by the end of it, like when he's, you know, fending everybody off and you know, making moves and doing stuff. Like, it, it felt like a real star-making performance for him.
1: Putting, putting him in there with a white-hot crowd opening the show with everyone wants to see Eddie Kingston. Everyone wants to see Minoru Suzuki. Um, and you've got people like Jericho in there as well, who, you know, can always get a crowd to do whatever he wants. He gets the meeting out of the palm of his hand every time yeah. Sammy Guevara and take Conti people fucking hate them. Mm-hmm. So that was really easy. And anyone could come in in that position and look like a babyface. shooter went in there and looked like a fucking star. So. That was cool.
0: He did. Really he felt match. like the star of his team. It was awesome. Yeah. All right. What was next? Wheeler
1: got a... Oh, yeah. Uh, Wheeler was fucking awesome as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, great.
0: Wheeler's still got a little fair. bit of a way to go for me, just as far as, like, personality goes. You
1: know? Fair. Uh, so, IWGP Tag Team Title slash Ring of Honor World Tag Team Title match, winner take all, FTR versus the United Empire, Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb versus Rapongi Vice. Yes. Rocky Romero and Trent Beretta. Hey everybody, remember Rapongi Vice? Um, this match was fantastic.
0: It was great. <laughs> it was so goddamn good. It was so super um, I, fun.
1: I I was kind of upset that they didn't do FTR versus United Empire. Like it, it just seemed like Rapongi Vice was the odd man out there.
0: I thought and they'd been put in there that, to win. Like I, yeah. I thought, because they're they're like the team that straddles that line. I'm like, they could just be the upset team here and take both belts and then sort of defend them individually against either. And I was like, maybe they'll do that, you know? Rockies got a lot way, sway, blah blah blah. They all love Trent, um. But I like that they did it, and I didn't even realize how much I liked it until this week on Dynamite. There was a there's a segment where, um. This, the acclaimed and the ass boys come out, and they're they're gonna wrestle Danhausen, and he's like, Danhausen comes out, and everybody's cheering, they're going crazy, and they're like, he's like, so apparently I've got to have this match, and apparently I need some friends or something, so I got some. Good wrestlers. I hear they're good wrestlers, I guess. Puts down the mic and then outwalk FTR with every belt in the fucking universe. And the, the look on the faces of the acclaimed and like the guns and shit like that, they just thought they'd seen a fucking ghost day. They were so scared. Like, just, just like cashing that walk out. And I was like, is there a bigger babyface tag team in the world right now than FTR? Like, no, everybody's loving not. it. And it just, it can only elevate the IWGP tag titles. You know, even if it's just a cup of Mm. coffee with it, if they come to tag league, that would be amazing. But just them having it is just, just awesome. And then they will eventually pass it on to somebody else and they will get a huge rub from it. So yeah, I think it's good. And I don't think that the United empire, like you said, got defeated. So, you know,
1: Again, the United Empire two time IWGP tag team champions. Two times they've lost it in triple threat matches. Two times they've not been
0: pinned. Yeah, exactly. Technically undefeated, like as far as that goes. So they're being taken care of, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, they did a very old school style, like Dax Harwood gets hurt and he's injured and he he comes back to
0: finish the match. Yeah, it was great. It was was great.
1: uh, Really, really good stuff. And Rocky and Trent. Really, were unsung heroes here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Not only were they taking huge moves from O'Connor and Cobb, they were playing spoiler a lot for FTR, which was just the crowd was hungry for FTR to win. Yeah, so that was really cool yeah. to watch. To watch Rocky and Trent kind of, they weren't, they weren't heels, but you could tell that they were just heating the crowd up for FTR to finally overcome. It was really good. Yeah,
0: and it's it's easy to forget as well after so long, like. Rapongi Vice were a really good tag team. like I remember yeah. like one of the first wrestle kingdoms I saw. I mean, it happened a couple of years in a row, didn't it? Rapongi Vice versus young Bucks. those junior mm. tag title matches that would open the wrestle kingdoms, and there'd be fire every time. you know, Trent's yeah. been injured and Rocky's been doing stuff and things like that. like they're both great wrestlers, and so putting them in there is not a bad idea because they're gonna deliver like they just are. And so whether you're excited about them because that may not seem as relevant and stuff because they haven't been active in that, they're, they, they're only going to enhance the match in a stipulation, like you said, three-way teams. Like, look at United Empire, Bullet Club, and, you know, Goto and Yoshihashi. It, it wasn't this, you know? And it's because mm-hmm. of, of the working parts in the, in the match. Do
1: you want to take a second to throw some, throw some flowers at Rocky Romero? for all he's given us over the years and all he continues to do for us as uh, uh, someone fans. backstage with New Japan, mm-hmm. uh, someone in front of the camera with New Japan, someone in the ring with New Japan. Thank you, Rocky. Yeah. Thank you for everything you do.
0: He, ju- he just does whatever's needed for that company. It's really impressive. Like he, he flew to Dominion just to like get beat down after a match for like 10 seconds, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just, just to create some hype for this match, you know, like so, there was something happening, you know, and I'm sure he had other duties and stuff there, but like he just is always wherever they need him to be and stuff, and it's really impressive. And the work that he has done was strong as well as unbelievable.
1: So, so good, so good. And i I get where AEW people are saying that the they're saying that the the build wasn't good enough. I get that, and maybe I'm looking at it straight up as a. New Japan guy, but when you tell me FTR versus United Empire, like I was there, I was about it. Uh-huh. Like, I, d- I don't need a build there, no. they they can just show that show me that match, and I'll go, Yeah, 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 yeah. okay, I'm yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. That's all. Here's, I my 15, to here's my 15 pounds or whatever, yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And I mean, that it had more build than some of the other matches on this show, you know, there was a the United Empire attacking putting people through tables, like. Like Trent was there when that happened. You know what I mean? So the, there was pieces in place, you know, FTR were there. Trent was there like when United Empire first appeared. So it, to me, it just seemed like it was all coming to a head. And when they had to like, they ended up building this show pretty quickly in the end. I, st- I still think they did what they could. It's fine.
1: Yeah. I I don't see a problem with any of these matches. Like they're just dream matches. You yeah. don't need a story for a dream match.
0: Exactly. And like like each company has their own things that they have to be doing, you know, and they're not going to put all their plans on hold just for like a a one off exhibition show. So,
1: yeah. And I mean, the, the AEW audience considers themselves like the more wrestling, pro professional wrestling company than, than like say, like a WWE. But like, why do you have to focus on? A story. Why do you have to have a build to a dream match at a crossover show? Can't you just take the best dude from here and the best dude from there, smash them together, and hope that what comes out on the other side is great? Because it was.
0: It was great. Yeah, it was great. I think. I think maybe when they talk about that stuff, it's maybe like, you know, like Jericho has hired Suzuki or whatever. And it's like, who cares? Like, it's fine. It's it's a story. They could have just said nothing. (laughs) <laughs> and, and had it happen yeah. but but either way i i, I think the the show over delivered and yet and this match in particular was really really good
1: yeah that might have been my favorite match of the night we'll think about it oh well uh well actually my favorite match of the night might have been the next match mm-hmm. aew all atlantic title fatal four-way mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. vacant aew all atlantic title the that was redundant. Anyway, uh, Malachi Black versus Pac versus Miro versus the wild rhino Clark Connors in for Tomohiro E.
0: Oh, big horn energy, baby. I'm doing the horn gesture, which I love. Doing the horn thingy. Is it two Cs? Is it those. horns?
1: I thought it was two Cs.
0: Oh, Is it Clark Connors or is he doing like a, a rhino's head? Like a rhino so horn? Like, I don't know. It's everything. It's all of those things. A little bit it. of both. Boom. There's a part in this match where he gets in like we you know, after he spears fucking Miro through the table, nearly kills that kid on the other side who gives a fuck. He hits him through the table on the railing. And then he gets in and he drags up fucking, I think, it, I think it's Malachi Black, and he chucks him in the thing, and he just hits the fucking, ah, oh, hits the fucking, oh, the horns, and, everyone, and, then, and then goes to grab him, And you're go, like, let's, let's fucking go. Let's go, Clark. Yeah,
1: let's it, go, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> go, Clark. And the fans, <laughs> so, yeah. he was just it. getting his ass kicked for like 10 minutes.
0: And then he just goes fucking ham on <laughs> everybody. Goes, Not
1: like, today, yeah. motherfucker. You know who I am, L.A. Dojo. Fucking represent.
0: And yeah. there he was, hits that fucking trophy. Off. kill as well. Fucking balls, oh, like it was sick. Oh, like I can't tell you. Like I'm so going. fucking pumped on Clark Connors. Like he's fucking one of my favorite dudes at the moment. And seeing his yep. rise is just so killer. But yeah, he got, He's like, when you talk about like fighting spirit and stuff like that, when he fucking hit, oh, hitting the horns. Me and Curtis are constantly doing the fucking horn gesture. Nobody can see him. <laughs> fucking ah! When he hit that, I was like, fuck! It, get, it got me jacked, man. I was pumped. I was like, I, I want to see oh, him yeah. do it. I'm like, what if they put it on clock? That'd be sick. Like, and so yeah, they obviously didn't, but it was a, it was a great match. And I was just glad he's- that they, he didn't get steamrolled because obviously he's in there with veterans, people who have been on WWE's payroll, massive stars and they made known sure
1: commodities. Yeah.
0: And it was like, he's just here to lose kind of thing. But I love that even in that they gave a real time for him to shine. And, and that was, that was awesome. That was really like, And another thing, you're
1: going to see Clark's face for, you know, every time they talk about the all Atlantic title from now on, anytime they show a video package, there's going to be Pac winning it for the first time. And there's Clark Connors with him. Yeah. And shit. Maybe we, maybe we use that. Maybe we say like, Clark is like, you know, Uh, I'm pissed that it was my face that you're going to see getting tapped out for you to win that fucking title. I want a one-on-one match Clark Connors versus Pac. And here's me going, ooh, baby.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Exactly. That spear through the table, bro. He fucking hit him like a ton of bricks. eh? It was awesome. Sick. Sick. It
1: was so good. But yeah, I I loved it. Miro is such a monster, dude. He's, He's probably like, if... If I had to pick a couple of dudes like on AEW television to like really follow, Miro's like my, my dude.
0: You, it's boner you know? alert with you and Miro. You talk about him all the time. I fucking <laughs> love that dude. The rig he's on so Miro as you transfixed.
1: The fucking rig, bro. <laughs> Check out his rig. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Miro's my fucking homeboy. Uh, I just love that he wants to fight God.
0: Yeah, he's makes, pissed. He's pissed about
1: something. Makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Makes me happy. Girl.
0: How, um, how how long before boy. how long before, uh, Liner is on TV because he talks about her all the time. Um, I don't know. That'd be great. Uh, a,
1: uh, I don't think he needs her, but like, you know, have her in the crowd or something. Maybe I kind of like, like that
0: he referenced her, but you don't. Hello see to him. my sexy wife. Yeah, I I <laughs> kind of like that he referenced her, but I I don't necessarily need like a return to, to her and him together. You know, I I no. think he is more interesting. On his own, and like you say, like yeah. he's forbidden from things from God, and he's mad about it and stuff. I feel like that's more interesting.
1: Yeah, super cool yeah, stuff. Exactly. But um, yeah,
0: what a banger match. We obviously focused a lot on Clark, but but through, like all four guys were amazing. It was it was a really mm-hmm. fun time.
1: It really did um, make me interested for to see what they're doing with because they were like, oh, Malachi Black and Parker are feuding right now, and I was like, oh, okay, and they kind of went at it in this match, and that was that was rad. Like, I I talked to a bunch of a bunch of friends of mine who are AEW guys, and asked them specifically who from New Japan that they were most interested in, and we'll get to that in a little bit. We'll we'll talk about it at the end of the show in the wrap okay. up, uh-huh. but like this like did put some. It put me in in touch with a couple of AEW guys that I had never seen before that I was I was kind of interested in like i've seen eddie kingston before Uh Uh, i've seen wheeler Yuta, of course on new japan television so like i can't really say like they're they've opened my eyes to those guys but like when i when i think about what they're doing in AEW, like i had no idea i've i had no fucking clue what malachi black was doing in AEW. oh no the the house of black is fucking
0: sick man uh you, Brody King, dude. Yeah, I'm exactly. Like King. when him, Fuck, they have the best entrance on TV right now. When they come out as the House of Black, like it's all lit from behind, like you would have saw on that pay-per-view with him. But like he comes out and then Brody's just towering over his left shoulder. And then he's got, you know, Buddy on the other one. They, they've put like a, a hood and stuff on him now. And they come out and then he, he'll sort of like sit down, just like the silhouettes and the shapes and positioning and stuff like that. It just looks killer. And when they tag. You're always
1: about the shapes.
0: I am. Silhouettes are everything in wrestling, the same as they are in comic books. Um, I love people throwing shapes like this one. Fucking Boards! Hit you with the Clark oh. Connors again. Fuck. Uh, the <laughs> My favorite. That's my favorite. Uh, the, oh, what was I going to say? What do they call them? Kings of the Black Throne. When they were tagging as well, like when yeah. uh, Malachi Black and Brody King tagged together. Different song. They've got so many songs, and every single one's a fucking banger. Uh, it's, yeah, it's dope. I love Brody King.
1: Yeah, yeah, Brody King. I wish he was in My boy's stable, he's the fucking best. Mm-hmm. He should have been in G1. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, he's doing a thing on TV right now, but like, New Japan was high on Brody King for a long time. Exactly.
0: Really, he might come back, already. really would have liked it. Yeah, I would, someday, I would love it. Yeah, someday. exactly. Anyway, uh, yeah, so really good, and yeah, you should watch some more AEW. I think you'd like yeah. some of the things that are going on.
1: Maybe I will. Well, you now have uh, access to so, my
0: account, so I guess you can. <laughs> <laughs> I, had I can't be fuck changing the password. Like, you just have access now, so it's fine. <laughs> my
1: my neighbor was like, "Oh yeah, um, you can use my you can use my account." And like, I I did sometimes, like I said, I watch one every like three months or so. But mostly it was just like, uh, you know, I I'd, I'd go out take my dog for a walk, and I see her, and she's like, "Oh, just see was on AEW this week," and I'm like, "No." Nah. <laughs> i I like i love i love orange cassidy makes me laugh oh he's got his song back
0: as a oh jane he's got jane back now like as a as a blood and guts i was so fucking pumped amy's like literally who cares about this guy or this song and i'm like no this song is fucking fire the best just shut your mouth
1: the fucking best the best that fucking riff i remember him just like
0: walking out like a fucking gcw or whatever it was, and he'd just have like a title in his backpack, and he'd just like sort yeah. of nonchalantly scroll you know, like out. A to box. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I saw him, I saw him once against uh Dan the Dad.
0: Oh
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Possibly Warhorse. I don't remember if Warhorse was but anyway. Uh yeah, super cool. Um to hearing hearing Jane like Yeah, that's his that's that's the best. That's a great fucking song for
0: like yeah. why. It, it, Who knows? It just works. I'm I'm playing it right yeah. now because I'm fucking jacked on it. Luckily, surely all the you know uh, members of Jefferson Starship are long dead, and nobody will sue me for playing this. Uh, but,
1: <laughs> hey, we're not making any money. This is not monetized. Yeah, we're not hurting anybody.
0: You. Here we go. Boom.
1: Here's promotion for you. Musical bridge. oh the drums. Here
0: Fucking sick. What it's got to do with Orange Cassie, a- I don't know. But when he strolls out to what it, it just suits his entire line. vibe. Eh? It's so... When it came... Like, he opens the show on Dynamite this week, and it goes to the Orange Cassie, you know, all white. And then Jane starts playing. I was like, come on, TK! He was like, if you deliver Ooh, yeah, a banger flex. with Osprey, I'm going to buy Jane for you. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, it so is a flex.
0: Good. It's awesome.
1: So good. Yeah, okay. Um. We, we just got off talking about like the sixth match. We're still on
0: the third. I know. We need, we need to keep going. Let's keep on moving. What's next? Okay. What's after okay. the tags? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, next up, oh, no. um, Bullet Club, El Fantasmo, and the Young Bucks mm-hmm. with Hikuleo versus the dudes with attitudes, or is it they were calling them online uh, Los, Los Stingo Bernables? Which was uh, great. So Darby uh, Allen, <laughs> Shingo Takagi, and
0: Sting. Sting fucking um, takes flight. At the fucking what start the of this. Fuck, man. That I was, was like, oh, I don't know. to be alright. What <laughs> the fucking... Nick best. Jackson, way? the real high flyer of fucking AEW is Sting. He did that one <laughs> jump off something and he's like, now I'm doing it off all things, always. And it was killed. Yep. Yeah. And he fucking he's ate like- it too. He landed on them, but then he just got, gets reflected off to the side, just straight to the ground. Mm-hmm. The no cells by yeah. Sting in this match. Like, is there a fucking better fucking man than stinger like
1: he knows just, when to, he knows when to bring it out too yeah. like he doesn't he doesn't just no sell to no sell nah. like he knows he's got the, the credibility like,
0: and then when he does it the crowd want him to do it and they're like let's go yeah. like yeah it's like fucking yeah that Conor's fucking that no
1: sell he caught he caught the super kick and just stops and like yeah. talks about it for a yeah. second and then no
0: sells. <laughs> no sells the titty twisters from alp <laughs> mm-hmm. gave him right back yeah Mm-mm it was good yeah Yeah. it was great Uh, fun shingo
1: shingo was looking like a man getting the pin too uh, Mm -hmm. as well he was just throwing people to and fro Mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic match this was this was more fun than it had any right to be Mm -hmm. um i don't know much about darby allen um i i'm super not that impressed with Darby allen until he started breaking out some really weird counters Mm -hmm. like uh, who was it got him up on, El Phantasmo got him up on his shoulders and was going to hit him with something. And he like spun it out and did like a, a stone cold stunner. Yeah, yeah.
0: Darby's pretty like, oh, crazy, cool. man. Like he does, does some wild stuff and he's dives as well. Like his no hand sort of dives where he just like flies out, like into people and stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like Ralph Wiggum going through the It's wind, exactly like that. He does stuff. like a Ralph Wiggum dive. He just goes and just like fucking flies into people. Uh, and his coffin yeah, drop cool. uh, finish is pretty cool as well, where he's like up on the top and just jumps backwards like this position. Like I'm doing the picture. I'm a vampire. People and one hand on either shoulder, cross like tick, 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 woo, backwards like that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> 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 exactly. Also, he's um. I think I think he owns a little bit of um, and take a little bit of a bowel credibility for how fast stings come too. I was hearing uh like interviews and stuff where he was talking about it. He was like, man, Sting was like, oh, I'm going to come back and I'm only going to do cinematic matches and shit. I was like, he was like, bro, come wrestle at my house. It's like, you can still do it and mm-hmm. things like that. And like the current Sting we're getting now, didn't, like Sting didn't think he could do that anymore. You know? And him and Darby just like wrestle in Darby's backyard and shit. Like, <laughs> it's like, awesome. yeah, like he, their friendship has like led to way more Sting than we were ever going to get. It was only ever going to be that cinematic stuff like we saw against, um, you know, uh, Taz's crew, like Ricky Starks and Powerhouse and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He was just going to just do the Undertaker cinematic thing and stuff like that. And then he realised that he wasn't made of glass and could still go, you know.
1: It's it's funny to think about how, like, what is Sting, like 60, 62? I don't know. He's in
0: better fucking condition than me, that's for sure. Yeah. Like 22 years of going, Yeah, exactly.
1: He's feeling it. He's killing. And like you see, like, uh, you know, someone like Ric Flair or something who was contemporary for Sting, and the dudes, the dudes. I mean, he's gonna have one more match or whatever they're talking about having, like this big Ric Flair retirement match, and it's like, E Although, if you know, I mean, Ric lived
0: a much harder life than Sting. You'd have to think, fucking. Like
1: that's a that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's it, a good point.
0: He's been a solid solidly drinking and partying like a madman for his entire career, like living his gimmick, like every single day. Sting had a big chunk of time off, you know, and and things like that. But either way, he's still taking care of himself in the right way. And, I mean, the benefit of of something like face paint, like with a kiss or or anything like that, is you can really live forever, you know? And, like, Mm -hmm. even when he's done, who's to say there can't be another Sting, you know? The same as Gene Simmons said, this is gonna kiss will exist forever. He may just not always be in the band, you know what I mean? Like, just keep going, keep performing, well, like, but it's just yeah. other people under the makeup, you know?
1: Yeah, um, I did see a picture the other day of uh, Gene Simmons with his makeup half removed, and it, oof, oof, It's an half. old man. <laughs> see, that is an old man, that is an old um, yeah. man, but yeah, yeah, um, still makes kick ass rock and roll tune though, yeah, you do. um. The the idea of like Sting coming out like the the up in the rafters they had that Sting so you thought he was gonna be coming down on yeah, the, yeah, the dip uh, cord <laughs> oh god that made me so happy yeah. I, I was like oh my god and then he jumped off the fucking entryway good for him man like this match was fun as shit yeah. top to bottom
0: it was awesome it was really good um yeah the whole card Stingo was Takagi so fun Stingo good t- times Stingo Takagi. Uh what's so what's next? We've uh we've ours. Uh, next stuff. was so,
1: the yeah. AEW women's world title match, Thunder Rosa defeating Tony Storm. Um, yeah, great. Both stardom mm. alum, stardom um and uh, owned by Bushi Road mm-hmm. as well as New Japan. So it is New Japan adjacent. Uh yeah, thought it was fun. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I would have loved to see Juice come out as as Tony's valet. That would've been fucking
0: great. But I would have liked to see. I would have liked to see them hold off the Tony storm match, uh, and done under Rosa versus somewhere from stardom, like do another forbidden door situation. I mean, that's a lot to pull together in the time that they had and stuff, but imagine that that would be,
1: I think the problem with that was stardom was having some big shows the, this week and they couldn't really take someone selfish, like someone who would have been incredible <laughs> yeah, yeah. women's wrestler to come over someone like a, like a Julia or Tam Nakano or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, It would have been, it would have been too much to like pull them out of those shows. Maybe
0: Forbidden Door too, but it would be nice to see that sort of open up. That would be really cool. I mean,
1: people want to see more New Japan working with stardom and things like that. Like that's the Forbidden Door that you and I want to see. You know, we want to see the two companies that are owned by the same fucking promotion or two promotions that are owned by the same company work together. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You tell me they couldn't do a super show at like a, a Budokan with like Stardom and New Japan? Yeah,
0: I totally Why not? could do some mixed tags and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck it. Yeah. that'd be awesome. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway.
1: Um. So yeah. Shorts. Uh. Next up, the IWGP United States Heavyweight Title match: Will Ospreay with Aussie Open versus Orange Cassidy this was a moment for me, like the whole match, the whole match was worked so well. It like the, the heel stuff with uh, Osprey putting his hands in, in Cassidy's pockets when he had him in a submission move, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pulling out his middle finger.
0: Yeah. Osprey off the chain right now. Yeah. So good. And it reminded and, people as well that like orange Cassidy can go. Right. Because like, yeah. everyone's like, Oh, you know, you're taking one of the best workers in new Japan and just put him in with the pockets guy. No, man, that, Anybody that says that has never watched Orange Cassidy wrestle. They just only look at the gimmick and have only seen the GIFs and they've never really paid attention because that man is, is there for it. You know? He can go. Yeah, absolutely. Go. I,
1: not, the first, not the first person that I would have picked for Osprey to have a match with. I would prefer to see like maybe Osprey and Pac or you know, something like that where they could really just go 110% all go, no quit. But, I mean, hell of a match. Super fun.
0: I, f- I feel like the story of like Osprey versus Orange Cassie and you know, best friends, United Empire and stuff, I feel like that all works better than just being in a match with Puck. Where you know, Puck yeah. doesn't really have any hate going on, he sort of has a little bit of beef with you know, those guys over there. It wouldn't have really made sense to just you know, sideways him into it. And I, I feel like they made the most out of it, and I feel like it, it was like one of the sleeper matches of the show.
1: And there's that build we were talking about. People were saying, like, oh, there was no build, but like, yeah, they've been attacking the best friends for weeks.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I thought that was really fun. And, and Juice uh, was and even there. Course. He was up in the crowd and stuff like that. So, you know, it would all yeah. tie, tie And then, of
1: course, we've got the United Empire beating down uh, Orange Cassidy. And we hear do, 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 do. And out comes katsuyori motherfucking shibata for the save
0: that sign Dude. summed it up where it was like if shibata's music plays i cry like that's how yep. we always joke about that well, not even joke about it but that is what happens like fucking in our household whenever shibata reappears and fuck what a moment man and i'm like wait for this hesitation drop kit let's go
1: boom yeah, yeah. yeah dude he was and he just smoked both members of Aussie open on the way in
0: can we, like, yeah <laughs> exactly can we just like can he be full-time again now because I, I am i'm just so ready thing, for it like,
1: i i had no no inkling that shibata would even show up no, like no he's way. been just mia since wrestle kingdom basically like he's been mia for five months yeah six months maybe and like bam out of nowhere he comes out And are we talking about maybe like Shibata versus Will Ospreay?
0: down the the line. That was the vibe we were looking at. Is it like Shibata versus Ospreay for like the US title or something like that down the track a bit?
1: Two thumbs, two thumbs high. Are we we aiming
0: towards Wrestle Kingdom with that?
1: That would be a great Wrestle Kingdom match. It would be, it would be, well, Dominion just went through, didn't it? So it wouldn't. Yeah, it would have to be either Wrestle Kingdom or Dominion. Like, I'm into it. Yeah. I'm into it. Like, if we can get through the through the G1, but that maybe that means Will's not winning in the G1.
0: If Will doesn't win, I think you could look towards Shibata for Wrestle Kingdom. If Will wins, then it'd be down the track, and maybe it's like for the world title. God, I, I'm I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really scared about that first stiff head buddy delivers, because <laughs> you know he's just gonna wrestle exactly the same. He's <laughs> not gonna give yeah. a fuck. Oh Jesus.
1: Why why should I change just because I almost died?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but what a moment. Yeah. Cats were your motherfucking Shapada. That was so amazing. <sighs> Alright, so the next match was a singles match between Zack Sabre Jr. and X. X turning out to be Ricola, Claudio Cast <laughs> fucking
0: Yoli. Dude. It's a new music. That's a moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> it, was fucking, it was pretty bad and that's like the remix i get that you know daniel bryan has like an old timey song that they've remixed and stuff but that's not the one but either way uh mm. it was good to see him he's looking great he's, he always looks great yep. um, i mean i have a new game Claudio, called only... drink every time he does a european uppercut and let me oh, tell don't you you'll
1: get fucking alcohol poisoning buddy you
0: yeah i know we we were we're not drinking of his arsenal. at the start of fucking blood and guts and he he starts in blood and guts Versus Sammy Guevara. And there's, I don't know, about 20 European uppercuts in like the first 10 seconds. We're like, this would be us unconscious by now.
1: Yeah. You wouldn't make it to the end of the match. Exactly.
0: Uh, I'm going to say about Claudio, what I probably said about Miro when he first came over. Still, like his, the way he structured everything and that still felt very WWE to me, I guess. Like in the way like they sort of take a little bit of time I guess to sort of move away from that style and kind of get to something that I personally like. I mean, other people may not have a problem, but it still felt a bit like that, but it obviously really helped like. It was a great match. Like him versus Zach is definitely a dream match, you know. And I felt like yeah. Zach kept him creative.
1: Yeah. I the the problem I uh, see this this match these last 3 matches kind of wore on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like I had had so much fun with the beginning that this match, I mean, we we never we were never promised ZSJ versus Daniel Bryan, but we know that, that was that was supposed yeah. to be here, and we will get it. And yes, Zack Saber Junior. versus Claudio Castagnoli is a dream match. So I didn't want to I didn't want to just say like, oh, it's not exactly what I wanted, so I'm going to spit in the face of what I got. Yeah,
0: that's
1: I'm not that kind of guy. I I will never look that gift horse in the mouth. I enjoyed the match. Um, it definitely was not a uh, catch-as-catch-can, you know, classic technical wrestling style, no. but it was a, it was a good, fun match. I would have liked to have had someone with a bit more of a technical acumen at this point, but a big debut, a big moment for a dude who I really enjoy, and still shorts.
0: And still a great opportunity for Zach as well. Like uh, yeah. Claudio has been off TVs for like a while now. It is a big deal. It is a huge debut for them. And for him to be the guy opposite him, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, so the next, oh, and he's a member of Blackpool Combat he Club, is, right? Yeah. With, um, they've got oh, the coolest fucking merch.
0: Yeah. Moxley. It looks like Call of Duty. Uh, Danielson, uh, Wheelie Uda, uh, Moxley, and Wooten Regal. And, are and Eddie
1: Kingston and Proud and Powerful not not official officially members?
0: they're affiliated with them and like in Blood and Guts they kind of represented the Blackpool Combat Club but I don't think they're technically members they don't wear the merch and stuff like that it's just that Moxley and Eddie are boys in the storyline yeah. but he's and not Eddie ex-
1: and Proud and Powerful are boys
0: yeah exactly but Daniel Bryan and Eddie hate each other oh there's beef there they're not they're not trends. dramas yeah there's there's dramas there. And in the, at the end of the arena... Did you, did you watch the previous pay-per-view from AEW? No. In the arena assault or whatever it is? It's fucking sick because the whole match is just like a brawl in the crowd between both factions and Wild Thing just plays on repeat for like half the time. <laughs> just in the crowd as everybody's <laughs> fighting until Jericho finds the CD player and unplugs it, which is really fucking funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> It's like an
1: old uh, New Jack match. Yeah, that's what of- it was.
0: It, that's, I mean, <laughs> Moxley's playing the hits of all the shit he likes. You know what I mean? He's like referencing Anita and New Jack and all that stuff. You know what I mean? He even referenced yeah. Masada in War Games. He tried to use skewers on Daddy Magic. Oh, uh, cool. On AEW TV as well. Though I hear from closest source that maybe Masada's pissed because he didn't ask permission. That's the whole thing. And Masada's the fucking toughest motherfucker in the year. So you don't want that, but that could oh. be bullshit. Um the, what was I going to say? Towards the conclusion of that match where, like, Eddie and uh, Daniel, even though, also Brian Danielson? Daniel Bryan? I don't even know anymore.
1: Daniel Bryan Danielson? Yeah,
0: yeah. Whichever one, him and Eddie come into conflict because Eddie just comes down to the ring beat to fuck with, like, gasoline. Just trying to essentially set jericho on fire and gets it all over danielson and he's like what the fuck are you doing and they end up like fighting and it's sort of how they end up like <laughs>
1: you can't you know, spill that here that's bad for the exactly
0: environment. yeah exactly and so he ends up uh they end up coming in a conflict there again there was always like a, a hesitant friendship but they actually like straight up don't like each other and danielson's oh, uh injured at the moment so there'll be beef there sure. but and, um and
1: of course if you go all the way back to like chikara Eddie and fucking Claudio don't like each other either.
0: Yes, exactly right. They, they have they've got history, don't they?
1: Yeah, they got beef way back in the day. So that's that. fun. So yeah,
0: it's gonna be gonna be interesting to see where they go. Maybe that'll be the pivot. But yeah, um,
1: semi-main. Yeah, semi-main for the IWGP World Heavyweight Title. Your champion Jay Whiteo versus Kazuchika Okada versus Adam Cole versus Adam Page. Um, so it's the Adams family versus the rainmaker and Jay white.
0: And, um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, fun. it's not a tag team, buddy. <laughs> no, I mean, it's not the, the real match that we need to talk about before we get too far into this one is the, the real conflict between the two ring announcers and who was doing a better job. Who you got? Because I personally <laughs> enjoy the new Japan ring announcer better. It seemed, it seemed like, um, it was a head to head contest. Yeah. The,
1: so, what's his name? Justin Robertson? Yeah.
0: The Dapper Yappa. Is
1: good. He's good. Um, Shibata, the ring announcer for New Japan, like, he's very understated. Mm-hmm. But, like, I love, when he gets to, like, the main events, yeah. there's nothing like him, dude. There's yeah. nothing like him just hearing, like, I, I always, whenever I talk about a Jay White match, I always sit back and go,
0: Ah, Jay! White oh, Like, yeah.
1: I fucking love that guy, dude. He's great.
0: I also He's love great. that uh in new Japan how they um they use proper Japanese phrasing for when they do it. So it's like okada kashashka <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Or, Kamahashi, Hiroshi! Yeah, exactly. Kota. Like yeah, I I love it. It gets me pumped and it feels like a main event when they do it. Uh and Definitely. yeah, what did you think of this one? I thought this was was really fun. It was pretty much kind of what i expected to be maybe even a little bit funner but it got a bit wonky towards the end sorry about that oh, I I, did call. you just uh, scratch a record on the track then it went like woah
1: yeah I, I muted as i was coughing all oh, right it's um, not a remix i am not an adam cole guy so like automatically i was like strike <laughs> but, like um adam cole and his like I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have an argument with you mid-match, like we're gonna have a whole conversation, you know. Oh, why'd you try? You're not gonna do that to me. I'm Adam Cole, baby. Yeah. And you know, like I, I don't get it personally. I the dude's very talented. Mm-hmm. I will not take that away from him. I'm not a fan. Um I like Hangman Page. I mm-hmm. think he's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. He's very easy to cheer for. Uh I am a huge fan. Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada, Okada Kazuchika mm-hmm. uh, fan. Mm-hmm. I love Jay White, and um, so yeah, this this match was good. It was very good. Ended very, very quickly. Um, I guess maybe there was an injury concern.
0: Yeah, there's um, sort of been that vibe. I, I don't know what happened, but maybe whisperings of a possible concussion. Seemed or something. like I don't know. Jay was
1: pissed. Like yeah, he like grabbed his title and just left. Like. Very sad about that. Um, the crowd was fucking loving Okada, though, eh?
0: Oh, yeah. The the pop. Like, the, if there was any doubt that Western audience, like, knows who he is, that was put to rest because it was, like, oh, yeah. fucking the end of the world. It was, like, this is a stuff. Like, I were, going into this match beforehand, I was like, well, obviously, Jay's going to pin Adam Cole. That's what it's going to be. And that's what it kind of ended up being. But when that pop happened, when Okada entered, I was like, Okada might just fucking win. Just because it's Okada, they might have flipped it on him just to have him win a title in America. You know, like yeah. there's every chance in the He's world that could happen. And so again, like whenever you put those two guys together, you put Jay White and Kazuchika Okada in a ring, you don't know who's coming out on top. So that's really it's awesome. True. I and yeah, I thought both other guys, or like you say, uh, detraction on you know Adam Cole and stuff being what it is. I felt like everybody played their part right up until the end. I feel I feel like maybe there was a concussion. I need to rewatch it. Um, see if I can sort of pick it a bit myself and see if I can see what happened. But
1: I was kind of wondering if they might throw a title. It's, I knew that they probably weren't going to, but there were a couple of minutes where I kind of thought maybe they might do something for Hangman Adam Page.
0: If they did, you'd be like, then the company swapped titles, like, then you're like, Tanahashi wins, you know what I mean? Which would have been crazy, like, as well. So, but yeah,
1: I was, I was waiting for something crazy to happen since ftr won the iwgp uh, tag team titles i was like there's got to be a new japan guy who's going to win like that that got me really yeah, yeah. to, to balance Hachimai. to balance
0: the books i also sort of thought that or i was kind of i was probably working myself into like you frenzy or whatever because uh, there's also you know the the specter of kenny omega looms right like and right. and whispers and stuff i'm like does does he come out at the end or whatever then when this match was second last, I was like, we're probably not going to see Kenny. Like, I was like, that would be the last match then because then you would bring him out as the very like end to the pay-per-view, right? His return. So I kind of thought there was no, no chance, but you never know. And so I was kind of waiting for a last big shock or surprise or something like that. But then it, you know, didn't feel like it ended properly. It looked like they had to call an audible and then it just sort of was over. And So it kind of died out with a bit of a whimper, but the entire journey was really enjoyable.
1: Do you think that maybe did Jay Jay put Adam Cole down with a
0: blade runner didn't he? I don't remember the exact order of what happened. Cuz wasn't he doing something with Okada and then he just sort of fell over and then Jay just scrambles like scrambles in and sort of pins him? Maybe that was it. Gosh, I don't remember. I don't, um I don't
1: remember. yeah, cuz I cuz the the end just came out of nowhere so I was like, oh, well, well.
0: It kind of what caught happened? me. I, was, I think I was looking down at my phone or something like that. And I looked up and it was over and I was like, what just fucking happened?
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was a, that was a whole thing. Jay looked pissed. Um, the match was, it, it did end abruptly, but like when you have four dudes in a, in a match together, it can end abruptly. It's a thing.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, so the final match of the night, and I'm going to let you talk about this one because uh, I know you love Hiroshi Tanahashi, mm-hmm. but it's Tanahashi versus John Moxley for the interim AEW World Heavyweight title. How'd you feel about that?
0: Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen anybody get color from a sling blade before? Because that's essentially what happened. John Moxley will take any, any chance he can to bleed at the moment. And I know it's got blade yeah. in the title, but it was like, he like took a sling blade, rolled out of the ring and came up with a fucking red mask. And I was like, what happened to you? I busted my
1: forehead on this back bump that like, I just did. On
0: this sharp forearm of Tanahashi. Look, I I was really hoping, and especially after, like you said, the, the books had kind of lent AEW's way. They took the AEW GP tag titles. Nothing really happened in the previous match. And I'm like... They've been sort of building this match. These two have sort of been talking for a while. It was maybe going to be for the US, but now we're here and it's for the interim title. And I thought that was the key word. I was like, this is the interim title. This isn't the main title. CM Punk holds that. So really, they can kind of do anything. They don't have to super be nailed down to anything or like, oh, we need to be precious with it and protect AEW or whatever, because you've already got your champion. You were already talking about um, a, a match between, you know, the ace and CM Punk, the best in the world versus the ace. This is going to be the big match. Obviously, an unfortunate injury comes. So then they, just throw, they throw in Moxley and they, they're like, okay, you're going to versus Tanahashi. Tanahashi needs to re-qualify, whatever. But I was like, maybe this is all leading up to them just swerving everybody, blowing the internet's mind and just putting the interim title on Tanahashi to essentially just wait for CM Punk. And I'm like... He would have looked great with the belt. He would have looked great with the belt. He looks, always looks great with the belt. <laughs> and he'd look great on TV. And I was like... It would just blow everybody's fucking minds. And it would set a precedent for these pay-per-views if you're going to do more Forbidden Doors that anybody can... Ha- like, anybody can win and anything can happen. Look at this event. The tag titles changed. An AEW team came away with the tag titles. And a New Japan guy is now the AEW world champion. That's like mind-blowing shit. And I was like, it's not going to hurt John Moxley. Nothing can fucking hurt John Moxley. You know what I mean? Like he's, he, and he can win things. He wins everything. And he was like a long reign champion. It's it, not going to hurt him at all. You know, it's not like people are like, burn my Blackpool Combat Club shirt because the ace fucking beat him. Like there's no way. I'm like, so do it. That's what I was thinking in my mind. You know, I was like, let's. And there
1: was also the, the fact that Tanahashi was not working any Wednesdays no,
0: during the G one, I did not know that, and and yeah, people would go, okay, well, what are you, what's he going to do? Is he going to be in the G one with the AEW title? Fucking yes, that would be crazy. Like imagine that the AEW champions and that you can have Tanahashi have a winning record in the G one and still not win the G one. You know, he can then, he can then you know get pipped at the post by like an Okada or a, a Naito, or somebody like that. And then you have an AEW defense on AEW TV against one of New Japan's biggest stars. How crazy is that? Nobody loses. It's amazing. And so I, just, I, was really, uh, I was really disappointed at the end. Even though it was like a fun match, I was like, I really just hoped they would have had the balls to just do something crazy, like at the end of the show, you know? And mm-hmm. so I understand all the reasons why you wouldn't do that. But I was like, fuck, it would have been cool. And, I mean, really, Tanahashi's been in, I don't know, I forget what the record was and they said it, like 21 consecutive G1s. You know what I mean? If you were really concerned about it, just have him out of the G1. You know what I mean? Don't have Tanahashi in there. Put in somebody else and fucking and have him be on Dynamite for, like, a few weeks and stuff until CM Punk can come back. And now I feel like they've kind of burnt the CM Punk match as well. Because, I mean, they can still have it and it's still a dream match and stuff, but... It doesn't really have the threat of the first forbidden door over it because it felt like ace, best in the world. Both guys are probably on the same level age-wise and things like that. Plus, we don't know what's going to happen with the pay-per-view. It felt like there was real stakes. Now, in a future Tanahashi-Sam Punk match, why would I be invested? I'll be invested because I like seeing the guys, but I won't expect Tanahashi to win. He couldn't beat John Moxley, so why would he beat Sam Punk? You know?
1: I think it's it's just... Obviously, the the politicking and stuff like that is going to stop people from doing something so brazen.
0: But I mean, TK but it does feel has, like they wasted pro- an opportunity. It does, and TK has kind of proven that he's not afraid to do crazy things. You know what I mean? So, I I thought if any kind of promoter would be like, "Let's go!" Like I I thought it'd be him. You know. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, there's still stories to be told and, and all those kind of things. But, yeah, I, was, I really thought they missed an opportunity to just do something wild with a belt that isn't even really the real belt, you know? And I mean, yeah. imagine that, ace versus best in the world, champion versus champion, undisputed AEW championship. Like, that is a huge match to me. Like, and I yeah. don't know why you wouldn't want to do that down the track, I feel and like. And then it
1: would be, then it would be a real threat to CM Punk, you know, because you're like, dude, we've already, Tanahashi's beaten, you know, Moxley. Moxley He's the reigning, this.
0: defending AEW champion. Like, yeah. like interim champion. Like, I, I felt like that would just be so cool. Um, But, they didn't do it. They, they played it safe. And that's fair. And it was still a good match. I don't particularly. When's,
1: when's, the next AEW pay-per-view is all out? I don't know. In yeah. September? Yeah. That's like their, that's one of their big yeah. pay per view events, isn't it? Yeah. You know oh, we we'll only do like four or so. Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, the only thing I, I can think of, of like... is maybe like CM Punk's actually very injured and he's going to be a while. And they're like, we need to move on with their stories. We can't have a placeholder. Like, we're just going to do a Moxley title run.
1: Yeah, we can't just hope that he comes back by, by September. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. But I mean, even then, mm. fuck, who cares? Have Tanahashi defend it the fucking pay per view know what I mean? Have him beat somebody yeah. and just hang. Like like I said, you, you've got many champions. You don't need the champion to defend on every single Dynamite or whatever. You know what I mean? I doubt really. Sam Punk was going to. You can put him in tags. You can just not have him there. Brock Lesnar wasn't on TV in WWE for like two years and he was the champion. You know what I mean? You never used to see the dude. They'd skip pay-per-views even. But then when he came, it would be like the biggest deal. And so imagine... you you go a pay-per-view or whatever, you you leave it, and then there's, like, maybe one defense before CM Punk comes back and the conquering champion who just took the belt back to Japan, didn't give a fuck, defended it through the G1, then comes back, like, who's next? Beat somebody else. Then you got to wait. Like, build anticipation for it. That's, that's just me, though.
1: Yeah, it would have been nice. Mm. It would have been great. But, but I you mean, don't know. Sometimes we can't, it's we can't inter-company
0: be... thing, you know. It's all fantasy booking, so...
1: We Yeah, we can't be mad at what we think should happen. We have to look at what did happen and judge it on its own merits.
0: Exactly. So. I like to have a rant, but I'm not mad. I, I still think the show was like very fun. I just like to put forward my argument of what I would do because I think uh, people maybe find it entertaining. Maybe they find it annoying. If they do, they can fuck off and not listen to the show. Because, again, yeah. it's free. So, <laughs> but, but, yeah, but it's yeah, a free show. Exactly. Get off my dick about it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I still thought it was a fun match. I did think that the blood was unnecessary and that's coming from the guy that interviews deathmatch wrestlers and like loves that stuff. I just felt like it was a big fight feel championship match that I don't think they needed to take it there. I don't think that style super suits Tanahashi. I don't think there was cause for it in the match like I said. I think the move that even brought him up with a crimson mask was like not even there was no weapons he didn't go into a post. Nothing really happened. So I, I felt like it was unnecessary. And I feel like Moxley's been overdoing it a little bit with the blood.
1: So let's, let's go ahead and give overall, we both thought this was shorts, right?
0: Oh, the whole pay-per-view was. Yeah, absolutely. It was a great time.
1: Okay, cool. And what was your, what was your favorite match of the night?
0: <sighs> what are these? Mm-hmm. Oh, Clark Connors. wild
1: yeah, I think that was yeah. that was probably it for me. Yeah. That, that Either or that or the, the tag. I think the Osprey versus Orange Cassidy. Oh was yeah, the first Shibata's moment.
0: return as well. Like, I mean, not return. You don't don't know. He returns and then he goes away for another six months. But yeah, that great was a, that was a moment too. That was just a, the whole show was littered with great moments.
1: Yeah, I had uh, so I asked a friend uh, of mine, Chris Jackson, who uh, has his own wrestling podcast called the Oh You Watch Wrestling Podcast.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yes, so you've, you've told me about this before.
1: And uh, he's, so he's a straight-up AEW guy. He doesn't know much about New Japan. I asked him who he was most excited to see more of in the future, and he says, Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. He said Ospreay and Orange Cassidy like, did it for him. He's really excited to see more Ospreay.
0: United Empire uh, felt oh, yes. like an AEW faction. You know, having really the benefit really of them being on Dynamite for like quite a few weeks sort of leading up to it, I think really helped the crowd be invested in them when that match came around. And Osprey's so impressive physically, like in the physical movements and moveset and stuff like that, a Western audience would just be about it.
1: I asked another friend of mine, Jesse Beasley, shout out to friend of the podcast, Jesse Beasley. What up, Jesse? Yep. And he said that his favorite uh, person to, uh, to, to look forward to seeing more of, uh, he loved El Desperado. Uh, he loved Osprey. That's a deep cut on Desperado re-
0: too because he didn't get to do much. You know, he, he participated in a beatdown with Lance Archer where he had a very cute friendship hug, and then he did, like, the pre-show. So yeah, that that speaks to Jesse's taste level. High.
1: I think so. High taste yeah, he level. He said, um, for him, El Desperado, Osprey, and Shingo. He said he was really having fun watching the Shingo match. Jesse is a huge Sting nerd.
2: Ah. So, like,
1: it might have been the, the rub coming off with Sting, but he said that he had a ton of fun watching Shingo. So... Um, yeah, there's some, there's some cool stuff. So there's, there's some crossover ideals. Um, I think for me, like I want to see more, I mean, obviously I want to see more Miro if I'm watching AW, mm-hmm. but that's cause he's like basically the leader of my boys stable. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see more of the house of black. That's, that's got me interested now. Mm-hmm. Um, just all, all three of the dudes in it are like just fucking mega badasses. Yeah. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm in.
0: That's just like, Three dudes who were like, like Malachi Black. he's so like, "Can I just bring in my friends and do anything I want?" And TK's like, "Sure." And they're just doing shit that amuses them. You know what I mean? They just wanted to make this big fucking grim faction with cool death metal, hardcore iconography, and great music, and you know, and all that stuff. And he's like, in costumes. He's like, "Do it." And he's like, "Sweet."
1: I'm into it. Yeah, I'm fucking in on House of Black. Yeah,
0: it's that's sick, the
1: thing. it. Um. So yeah, I mean. This has been a really good catch up. I think everything's been pretty much shorts, eh? Uh,
0: did you also see? I mean, I don't think they were on fit and, fit and Door because of all the forbidden laws of Mexico, but did you see that Roosh is now in AEW with uh, Andrade as the new little faction in Goblinable?
1: Oh, oh faction in gobernable. Yeah. I like this. They've got the shirts I like this and everything. Very much. Yeah. I like that idea. Yeah, um, it's cool. How are they going to get around the fact that Rush will not lay down for fucking
0: anybody? <laughs> that's easy, my friend. You have him win. <laughs> you have him fucking win everything. You just have him fucking win everything. Yeah, dude. Rush and I have no ass. problem with it because he's a fucking beast. Looks great. Yeah, he's been coming out cool in a white suit. Like, yeah, they awesome. They're clean. Yeah, they're a pair of clean-looking fucking gentlemen. Um. So yeah. Now the those are some good ones. I'm trying to think. Uh, I watch both shows, so I don't really have a, a take as who I would prefer to see most of. It's probably just fucking Connors. Getting, I just like throwing, a up the, big horn energy. throwing up the horns everywhere. So yeah, this no, is it, a very was, pro
1: pro Connor's podcast. It is
0: like there's you know would you rather <laughs> would you rather slay every day until slay ceases all meaning or no? What are you wanting from from me here? Sex cowboy Clark Connors. Yeah, exactly. That works, man. Fucking awesome, man. Yeah, it it was a great time. Thanks for catching up, bud. It's been uh, it's been a good time uh, hanging out with my boy. It's been a heavy week for me over at fucking Australia. So yeah, it's been been super good fun. Tell the peeps where to find the amazing Curtis Spears.
1: You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LDestructo83. You can listen to my other podcast, The Smart Foundation. We took a small uh, break to retool the show, but it's coming back this week. Uh, And you can also find my nerd podcast, The Throwing Dice Podcast, where we talk about things like D&D, Warhammer 40,000, and other various Marvel crisis, nonsense, protocol. Marvel crisis protocols, the other a big, huge one for us. And we're super excited about Horus heresy right now. Cause they just got a rules update. Super cool. Um, yeah, man. So you, if you're into nerd shit, come and talk to me there and, uh, where can they find you,
0: man? Uh, you can find me on all your good podcasting providers, the faces and feels pro wrestling podcast at faces feels cast on all your social media boys. Uh, just released a new episode this morning with one of the voices of ICW No Holds Barred and of Expect the Unexpected Wrestling, the one and only Ron Nemi. Over 20 years experience in the wrestling business, promoting in Florida, commentary management. He's easily one half of my favorite commentary team and a very funny man. So uh, yeah, get over there. Check out Ron because his stories and voice are amazing.
1: That's great, that's great, man. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. Exactly. And where do they find exciting. Okada shorts?
0: I don't even remember. Is it fucking everywhere? I think it is.
1: It's Okada shorts on Instagram. Okada shorts on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I mean, no one's taken the Okada shorts handle. We were really lucky that no one had parked that. yet. I'm glad no nobody, nobody got it.
0: it. Check out our link tree, Okada shorts, uh, for all mm-hmm. our bits and pieces. And then, uh, and if
1: mm-hmm. you happen to find the naive stupidity of us giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, you can uh, <laughs> go ahead and go to the count out podcast network um, subscription service where they'll do things like they have a, <laughs> are we doing hand
0: signals for count out? I'm trying to do a count out, but like Clark Connors, like CO yeah. instead of CC. Like, I don't know how to do it. I was uh, trying to figure it out, but it's
1: like on that subscription service, you have access to extra shows. You have uh, like their company-wide D&D game, which is going on that I'm very sad I couldn't be a part of because they play when I'm sleeping and uh, things like that. And you get extra access to extra episodes of all the lovely shows there from all of our friends like Ryan and Mikey and um, that how to talk to your friends about pro wrestling uh, gals. And um, yeah, man, it's totally worth it. And it helps us out. It helps them out. And we can grow the content because that's what
0: it's all about. Yes, absolutely. And last but not least, if you're looking to start a podcast, you have a podcast, or even if you're a wrestler who needs intro music, hit up my boy Owen at Riff Your Pod. He made the banger theme for this podcast that you'll hear again very shortly. Uh, he wrote the theme for Curtis' Throw and Dice podcast and is currently working on an amazing theme for one of the best deathmatch wrestlers in the entire world. So stay tuned for that because it is going to be fire. Wait till that shit's getting dropped in Curricon Hall, man. I cannot fucking wait. It's going to be so badass. It's going to be so badass. Exactly. So, yeah, everybody out there, keep it right, keep it tight, and keep it short. Peace. Colorado
1: Avalanche Stanley Cup Champions 2022. Also
0: that. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go.
2: So glorious Now what's left? long
0: This has been a count out podcast. This has been a count out podcast.